0: Wardcast episode 262 Go! Go! We're back and we're on the road again. The road to BGP. I'm Dylan Alvento and I'm joined by Alex Damrath. Hello there! Uh, we're going to spend the next two and a half hours talking about our thoughts on the live action Cowboy Bebop show. Alex, why do you think the internet is so wrong about this live action Cowboy Bebop show? I mean, everyone's saying they hate it, and it's just wild that they're so incredibly wrong.
1: Well, I think it comes from uh, preconceived notions of what Cowboy Bebop should be. And uh, also, uh, I, you know, I. <laughs> it's just nutbags, is what it is. I yeah, everyone nutbags. likes
0: pointing to Faye's dialogue. It's like, this is it. This is the death of media. And I'm like, oh, it's yeah, not know. Before I saw it, seems fine. It's I, not the most Whedon-esque it could be, which I guess is
1: faint true? praise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I am among those weebs who has never finished a Cowboy Bebop has wow. attempted a couple times wow. but like it's it's it is slow guys um it's it's no
0: it's no polar bear cafe that's an anime right um it's no probably? yuri on ice that's an anime it's that no, is that is one my hero academia mhm keep going you got it it's it's no let's get five more i got to do five more is that to prove my if i get five more am i allowed to talk shit about anime
1: without <laughs> without impediment let's see how many did you do so far three uh, three uh okay so you need 10 at least to, to a full prove, 10 yeah okay. your anime license so okay all right so seven more all right one piece
0: that's yep dragon ball okay dragon ball z do those count separately since those are I, technically i'm gonna say no okay so dragon ball so it's it's two um uh pokemon
1: okay actually hang on we're gonna pause right here how many of these have you seen
0: oh if we're counting ones i've seen <laughs> um all right we'll start the list over let's start the list over because okay. anime anime fans always want to do this shit it's like oh you haven't seen enough anime to like really understand why anime it's is true. so important and i'm like fuck you like, well, if you had it's a problem with a you book, would like, you
1: haven't seen my favorite anime. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the problem. It's like if I had a problem <laughs> with a book, and someone was like, "Oh, you have just you haven't read enough books
1: to really you know understand why this book's so important," <laughs> I'd be like, "Fuck you." Uh, all right. Also, yeah. if you hate books, like um, that that has other connotations that yeah. are problematic. Yes. But anyway, yes. Uh, all right, animes I've seen. All
0: right, Pokemon. Yep, Yu Gi Oh. Okay. <laughs> um i don't think I've, I've i've if i've ever seen dragon ball it's probably been like half an episode so haven't really seen sure. dragon ball
1: ava seen evangelion yeah, we're just right. talking uh you've seen both the show and the movies the i've rebuilds, seen i have seen which, yes
0: i've seen the end end of evangelion i've seen the entirety of the show you've diving
1: you've dove in further into evangelion than i have yeah let me tell you crazy that. to think about it's not good <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fun. there's there's parts that are really likable about that
0: franchise. There's parts where it's like this is just complete garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, hold on. This this entire I've seen all of those fucking fighting game OVAs. True, and that's yeah, at least like twenty there. So that filled up a lot of your yeah, life with fighting yeah. game OVAs. <laughs> Sweet <laughs> nourishing gruel. <laughs> uh, but outside that, I've seen part half of the anime cowboy bebop at this point well maybe less than half because it's like what 20 episodes or something 25 mm-hmm. i think i've seen like the first six uh uh i've seen all of full mel alchemist brotherhood um i have seen seen akira
1: how have you
0: i have seen akira i've seen akira like twice and i don't okay. think it ever sat well with me <laughs> yeah i viewing. was gonna say
1: it doesn't seem like one that you'd enjoy
0: no but it's also like the seminal anime movie right it's like yeah it was like like
1: the big one the first one that made it to theaters yeah
0: um that and you know and pokemon the first movie the two seminal anime movies (laughs) anyways we're talking about a subject that i couldn't care less about right so let's get into our video game topics and talk about another thing I that you care less care about. about, Alex. <laughs> picking up from last time, tell me about Monster Hunter Rise. Well, Dylan, it's a okay, new hold year. On. I'm going to stop you already. Okay. Why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just why? Uh, why is there another Monster Hunter yet again on my game of the year list? Yeah. Well, because they keep putting them out and they keep being good. What do, you, what do you want from me <laughs> I, 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 don't,
0: I, I don't I don't I don't even know can, can we admit at least at this point can we admit mm-hmm. that I have given this series a fair shake
1: oh yeah. because
0: sometimes you forget that I've given the series a fair shake sometimes but I have I I tried with rise and I tried with world and at least one or two other ones and i can i can i can fairly say at this point that this series is not for me
1: <laughs> yeah full stop absolutely i i can i can give you that and you know you've tried uh my cousin has put it very well in past instances where you've talked to him about it uh monster hunter is a series that doesn't care whether you like it or not um might even try actively to make you not like it uh you really got to fight it and, yep. and I'm glad it's, that I have. It's given me hours of joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this one is a... Yeah, it, it stands out in, in a couple of ways. Uh, I liked that while uh, my I had hunting buddies from college. And while not all of them had PCs or PS4s, we couldn't really get together for world. Uh, we did all have Switches it was nice to get to really tag team with them again, get Mm -hmm. in there. Um, there's a fantastic like horde mode, which you wouldn't think would work with like all these monsters being giant tanks, but they've, they've sort of balanced it, uh, fairly well. And there's like tower defense elements to it. Uh, and so you're like running around a big physical space as your monster hunter character, creating installations, earning money, um, to create more installations using them to fight off certain monsters um, deciding when to like mount up on big turrets or hop off and like fight them on foot uh, it's it's a cool mode the maneuverability is stupidly complex but mastering it is fun uh, there's this whole deal where you have to like hold down the right shoulder bumper right shoulder bumper and then like i don't know click y i think and like your character is like zip lines all over the place the zip lining is cool i like this idea of a grappling hook that doesn't need a fixed point you know it just kind of picks a distance in the air and you can just go that distance uh that opens up some pretty interesting design things and it really really pushed them to make each of these maps in this one there are no returning maps in monster hunter rise which used to be a thing in other games and that is largely to do with the fact that with this new maneuverability comes a massive overhaul of how explorable these maps are and so there's lots of secret passages lots of like things hidden in alcoves above places uh cliffs little temples uh super secret creatures that you can find and take pictures of because there's a camera now every game has to have a camera um yeah i I don't know it just it's still good it's still the formula still works the new monsters are fun and it's it's just more monster hunter and they're going to keep doing this it's i think i didn't realize until i looked back on my older gave of the year lists and and yeah i guess it's like a yearly thing now yeah um i don't know when they transitioned to a yearly release or if it's just because like in america we only got every other game so it wasn't like a yearly release to us uh or weren't you saying back in those days like because they would do every
0: other year they would like take the yearly releases and like kind of slam them together for the american version
1: right well so in japan um because japan's fucking nuts for monster hunter um they would package each new game basically as an update for the older one you would keep paying 60 dollars, but every other game was like an update to the old one so it wasn't monster hunter so they'd get monster hunter 3 and then they would get monster hunter 3g um which is you know on
0: on america's favorite network at&t
1: right (laughs) Uh, and it would you know it would add new ranks new monsters new armors uh, a new map and and it would basically be an expansion but for full price Uh, and then they didn't think it would sell very well in America so they only gave us the three G's they would call it three ultimate four ultimate um, generations ultimate Uh, and then yeah with world we started getting treated to the same model because they realized like oh you guys do like this okay uh so we got Worlds, then the next year we got Iceborne, the next year we got Rise, and now next year, get ready for it coming back, I'm gonna game of the year list, because <laughs> right. we're getting that, that Monster Hunter, but like medieval, western kind of looking thing. I was joking about it being Monster Hunter meets Dark Souls, because it kind of had that vibe. Uh, but yeah. Wait, what's the name of that one? It is something to do with like Sunset something sundown I oh right but it remember. is technically isn't it a sequel or expansion dlc or something for rise y- yes uh sunbreak that's it um it is because uh monster hunter rise was very very steeped in eastern mythology a lot of the creatures monsters locales everything is extremely japanese in this one and other monster hunters had that influence but they tried very hard to kind of uh they pulled a lot from like Pacific Islander uh tradition and um lots of other world mythologies. Um but Rise is is extremely Japanese. It's the weebest a monster hunter has ever been. Uh Sunbreak, they're sort of pivoting the other direction and they're making it look very medieval. And there's lots there's like so far we've seen a European castle and a dragon based off of a vampire, like a very traditional sort of uh, Oh, uh, uh, like a Bram Stoker kind of vampire, not a, you know, an Eastern one. But yeah, I just Monster Hunter Rise is good. Okay, I I don't know how else to explain it to you anymore. I don't know how to explain it to anyone else anymore. It, it's just a permanent addition to my heart. Maybe it's boring adding it to these lists every time because, duh, of course I Alex mean, is going to like Monster Hunter. Your words, not mine. <laughs> True. I I just uh. I can't help it. It's there. It's there forever. You're compelled. It's I your am. compulsion. I get a
0: kickback from Capcom every time. <laughs> <laughs> What's that kickback? A free copy of Monster Hunter.
1: Because
0: <laughs> that's all he needs. That's right. Give him a my drugs. Uh, I need my fix. Is there anything else to be said about this, this Monster Hunter? Uh, there's dogs in it
1: yeah i was i was about to bring up the dogs because everyone seems gaga for the dogs people do like the dogs i mean i think it's about time even if i'm not a dog person we've had cats for however many years uh monster hunter has owned cats and video games um so you know might as well have dogs too can you pet uh, the dog you can indeed you wow. can pet the dog and the cat at the same time you they can play with everything cat and the dog uh you can send the cat and the dog on expeditions where they hop into little cat and dog shaped submarines and go out trying to find items for you i i you know it's just it's got that monster hunter charm pushed into literally every corner and there's like a cute animation that plays when they go and leave to like pick up supplies for you uh, it's very good um there's also cats strapped to kites that get a really big fan blown at them so that they fly off into the sunset uh That's when they go scouting for like more cats for you to hire or no, they go on like missions, you know, to do that. It's um, it's good stuff everywhere. This is good animation. Welcome to my new Twitter account. Can you put the dog
0: in a small submarine and sit in on little adventures?
1: (laughs) There's only one tweet and it is for Monster Hunter Rise. (laughs) It's not a great account.
0: (laughs) Lack, lack of uh forward thinking on that one.
1: Uh, Yeah, we really ran out of content, like right out of the gate there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Okay, great. (laughs) I know know you're itching to move on to a far better game.
0: Yes. uh, Once again, your words, not mine. Um, Deathloop. Arcane's own Deathloop. Finally, finally, Arcane made a good game.
1: Wow. (laughs) I did not... You, you picked the worst time to say that. You, like, waited until I was coughing and couldn't come to the mic to defend myself. You just... Uh, do you work at Arcane? <coughs> oh, man. I. It's,
0: it's like, it's, that statement is killing Alex. He is, like, having gastrointestinal pain for me saying that this is Arcane's only good game. It hurts! Which, to be fair, <laughs> I only half believe.
1: Yeah because someone over here hasn't played prey uh oh you, uh, you know. have watched
0: the prey anime like get back to yeah, me when you watch at on, least man.
1: 10 animes based have you off even read of the prey arc- novel yet like <laughs> have what you the even fuck,
0: seen the trailer for that really weird uh prey 2 that they were gonna make i don't even think so he hasn't even played uh death of the outsider you how know? much do you He's know just... about native american cultures and
1: aliens <laughs> Oh and, man! And have you played the original Prey? I, you know, I can understand the people being kind of frustrated who liked that first game, uh, that you know it used the same name but has absolutely nothing else in common. But have you also considered that that the original Prey is is kind of rough? <laughs> um, <gasps> I I think mostly from like a race standpoint. I've heard mechanically it's solid, but you know, like just anyway, anyway death great death it's a lot of fun death loop continues a fine tradition of arcane <laughs> excellence uh-huh uh and i think goes above and beyond that uh, so much so that uh the director for death loop is now what like head of the studio arcane lion uh something like
0: that arcane leon leon um yeah, um, Deathloop. Uh, we talked about it last time. We had a podcast. Uh, well, yeah. not last time, but the last last time. Yeah, and uh, it's the uh, last time we
1: had a non-best games played podcast. Yes, uh, but
0: yeah, it's it is a time loop based game. It is an immersive sim, um, or immersive sim light. I mean, it's an immersive sim in the traditional sense of the,
1: of the phrase, a, um, in the sense that this is the genre that Arcane makes. now and only arcane (laughs) yeah um well irrational's dead
0: so i mean where else do you look for a um and i guess that uh system shock three is kind of mia at the the moment
1: yeah we haven't heard much from that and they're still like touting the system shock one and two remakes that we've heard very little from since yeah Uh, well it continues to amass projects and deliver on very few of them (laughs) uh Yes,
0: the the uh, THQ Nordic strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, you play as a character named Colt. He is caught in this island called Black Reef. There's a giant uh, kind of experiment where everyone on the island relives the same day. But uh, unlike everyone else, you and one other person, uh, Juliana, right? Juliana. Juliana, not Juliana. Mm -hmm. Uh, Juliana Uh, can remember every day you've lived through, like in Groundhog Day. Um, And you, at the beginning of the game, have uh, no memory of any previous events, and you are compelled to try to break the loop, as all the marketing material says. Yes. And you do that by having to... Kill all of these major players called the Visionaries, um, in a single run of the game. Um, if you f- and there's there's four states that the game is in, a you know, morning, uh, noon, afternoon, evening, and you have to kill. How many are there? Eight, eight, something like that. Um, including you and Juliana. Uh, yeah um and you kind of it kind of has a there there are some comparisons to be made to Hitman like one of them being like it is design wise you are trying to eliminate these targets but also there is like a mission story
1: type chart that you can follow to like figure out the best way to kill and ultimately, you kind of have to because yeah. there's a sequence of steps in order to make sure that you can hit all of them in one mm-hmm. day. Um, and for instance, and, I have,
0: and I haven't beaten this game to, to clarify. Oh. So uh, oh. okay, I have, I have, I'm I'm a decent way through it. I I would say I have finished. You know, if we're calling them mission stories, I've finished a couple of them. Um, and also spoilers in general, I would, I prefer not to be spoiled beyond what I've done, but we will probably spoil up until that point. Um, but like I have successfully
1: like, well, there's some non-linearity we got to cover too. So sure,
0: sure. But so that's why I'm going to go over like which ones I have like finished. So like I have, uh, completed the arc where you like, um, sabotage the fireworks to kill, uh, Ramblin' Frank. Um, Frank spicer yeah the i am pretty much up to the point uh i have like one or two more steps left where you kill uh charlie and his love interest mm-hmm. um and their little like getaway like secret area that you have to like hack into and i'm like on the part where i have to figure out how to hack in by like following is it Faye? is that the other yeah. character's name you have Faye. to like look at her art go into her house fia um you have to like go into her house or whatever and look at all of her art and figure out the code sequence from that i am i'm am at that part uh i haven't gone and done it yet though um and i've gotten like one slab uh from who's the scientist guy oh igor igor i have killed igor once in my arc of figuring out how to sabotage him because you need to basically sabotage the science experiment he's doing so he gets depressed and goes to a party instead and that puts him right next to another visionary so you could take them both out at the same time. Right. Um, I think off the bat here, one of my criticisms of the game is sometimes they're not particularly good at distinguishing each character from one another. Like charlie and igor in my head bleed together so much because they're both Mm -hmm. like kind of cut from the same archetype like charlie is a like scientist researcher that specializes in like computer programming um charlie's a game designer right right but he like creates that ai um and just the way he reacts to stuff, because like he creates this AI called two bit, which they also kind of bad at like explaining what it is, but like in order to give, so like you haven't met two bit yet, not physically, but I have done okay. like his weird, like LARP fucking thing, like twice <laughs> at this point. Um, and I fucked it up both times. So like, I still need to kill him to get, because I desperately need the blink, uh, slab, because mm-hmm. it just it makes the game makes traversal in the game so much easier and i have like not successfully killed him yet um and i uh so i've like heard the audio about two bit but i have not like physically walked up there whatever okay. whatever terminal or i assume there's like kind of like a John Henry Eden type thing like in Fallout where you like talk to a huge memory bank that's sorta of, yeah yeah like there, there's a lot of stuff here telegraph that like like i can see where this is going um like you kind of you kind of hinted at it when you said before that colt and juliana are technically two of the visionaries so i can see that maybe the game ultimately ends with you have to kill yourself uh because that's the only proper way to to break the loop but who who's to say who's to say mm-hmm. um but, uh, yeah, I, so, like, Charlie, like you said, is a game designer, and he, like, makes all these, like, um, kind of, like, live-action role-playing games and a bunch of stuff. But he also, like, created this AI called 2-Bit, but to give 2-Bit some sentience, he, like, took out half his brain and put yeah. it in the robot. Yeah. Um, so, he's also, like, kind of schizophrenic. Yes. But Igor is a scientific researcher and he is like one of the people that first did discover the the phenomenon that causes this like space time pocket on the well, island. Well
1: Wenji did. Igor's a little more uh, woo. Like he's he's more theoretical. Um, oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But he if also you, like, is dig like through his notes. Like when Engi- she's very analytical, she's very hard path, hard evidence to the point that like she can't stand Igor because Igor is more like, oh, the voice is in the sky. You know, how do I reach them? Right. Exactly.
0: Like he. Yeah. Like you said, he's more theoretical. and He's more. But but he speaks in a way in a very both Charlie and Igor speak in a way where they think the rest of the visionaries don't respect them i can do that kind of makes them uh kind of conspiratorial and like i said schizophrenic because of that and then you mentioned Wenji. Wenji and whoever the fucking cult leader lady is i also have a hard time telling apart even though they are hmm. more distinct they, in their roles they also have very similar haircuts and voice <laughs> actors uh it's it, it it is the achilles heel of a immersive sim like this where you are constantly at arm's length uh from the other characters because they are your adversaries like Mm -hmm. bioshock suffers from this right like bioshock Mm -hmm. i find so few of the characters in bioshock compelling um specifically the the enemies because you are only learning about them through diary entries and scraps of paper that you're reading and then you get this kind of big fanfare of like when they're finally introduced but then they're taken out like any other regular enemy um and it 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 makes that type of storytelling less compelling and i don't know what a proper
1: like i feel like deathloop gets closer to it than most games of this sort i, I feel like because you spend so much time Getting to know them, and even after you kill them, you get to spend so much more time getting to know them because they're still around, unless you've beaten the game. Right? It's uh, yeah, it, it's an interesting trick that Deathloop solves. Um, not you know completely, but far better than most immersive Sims have. Yeah. Um, uh, which I think is the crux, uh, at the heart, um, the 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 core of why Deathloop makes this list for me is how much of the immersive sim problem uh, uh how many drawbacks that that genre faces that it figured out solutions for um just by tying it into its its mechanical hooks um and and its narrative hooks yeah
0: i think it, i think the i think the setting the the narrative hook is good at lamp shading a possible narrative problems that could crop up. Mm-hmm. Um uh or vice versa. Um like I only learned recently while playing through the game, and maybe I, I could have learned it sooner if I was paying more attention to certain things, but I only learned recently that you and Juliana are the only people that remember anything. Right. Uh when when the when the loop starts over, which is also confusing because when you meet Wenji like, the difficulty with taking out Wengie is that she's surrounded by clones of herself because she's figured out some sort of weird nonsense with the time-space paradox thing that the island takes advantage of to, like, create duplicate co- clones yeah, of herself.
1: she's been um, working with Residium, which is the thing that helps you remember So you think she might have figured that out, too. But right. But apparently not. Apparently she's only yeah. making clones. <laughs> right. So you you'll
0: kill people whether they're nameless enemies or the visionaries and you'll start the day over and you get to kill them again or like you you set stuff up and they'll fall for the same traps because Mm -hmm. they don't remember anything. And it's kind of, it's a little confusing because you know, the character you spend the most time with Colt, he remembers stuff. So you would expect kind of these other powerful figures to also do that, but that would be such a difficult game design task to solve right it's like if the if the if the ai like was learning from what you did or like didn't fall for the same mistakes twice so like i understand why they did it um but it's just another one of those kind of narrative little kind of loose threads that's kind of like uh okay i mean this this kind of runs counter to like what the game has been teaching me most of the time but i understand why they did it and maybe they you know, fold it all together in the end, and it makes more sense. Um, I also pe- hear people hate the ending, um, so I know we can't. I, I know I asked that we don't talk about it, but
1: I I, I actually kind of like it. At least the one I picked uh, made sense to me and and felt thematically right. Um, but I can see how the other one kind of doesn't. Sure. Um, it sort of I mean, feels people- like the game wants you to pick one over the other.
0: Hmm. Uh,
1: Depending on how you do it um but anyway i don't i don't want to give too many hints there sure i i just want to say that um i've said it before i will continue to say it until the day i die i think arcane is particularly good at representation um mm. and i am a fan of this game being about two black leads um i was a fan of prey being about two asian leads um uh, and even Death of the Outsider was about a black lesbian. Uh, there's hints that um, Frank, if you haven't picked up on this, is gay. Yes, uh, or, or at the very least, bi. I think. Yeah, because like all the lyrics in his songs are like about finding men and falling in love with them. Um, there's even like hints in some notes and the lyrics that he's like fallen for cults in a previous life. And Juliana talks about how you two were close, and I yeah. think. Um, a big reason why I would keep playing this game, uh, forever and ever is Colt and Juliana have some of the best chemistry in video game characters that I have seen. Their dialogue doesn't really get old to me. Um, it hardly ever replays. Yeah. for one, um, they seem to have recorded a lot of interactions between them, and I didn't hit one. I don't think. Uh, there's just so many things they can talk about that I would just listen to for hours and uh, I find the multiplayer aspect quite interesting
0: I was interested in it until I had it just open to just whoever to invade me and (laughs) the very first other player I came into contact with just like completely demolished me because I assume they had their Juliana like fully
1: specced out yeah um which there definitely should be like better matchmaking i understand they're actually still working on it there was an update recently that added quite a bit of features to make it um uh previously colt had a pretty outstanding advantage which was you know you have your escape you can just leave you don't have to fight her um it sucks if you came here if you really wanted to do a thing there at that time but you can um and they've they've made it so like you can't camp, uh, in your tunnels anymore. Um, mm. You either have to get out or you have to play. Um, if you leave, uh, it's now a win for Juliana, uh, which is fine. You know, like you get to keep playing and she gets her her points. Um, it was cool with me. I, yeah, that, that's like little things that they've adjusted because I think last time we talked about the multiplayer being a little bit of a bummer uh outside of it being genuinely quite fun when it worked uh it just so rarely worked and had a couple of balancing issues like that um i'm looking forward to you finishing it because i i would love to talk more about the ending and where certain things end up uh i for one am also going to throw this in there a fan of the visionaries being this sort of always sunny-esque cast <laughs> of just absolute assholes um, who all hate each other uh some of my favorite things to find were the chat logs on the computers between like whatever like text chat aim thing that they had right on their desktops that you could read and like it's that all Charlie just... jury rigged for them right and it's all them just being horrible to each other <laughs> and like calling each other names and, it, and it's so good i i i find their chemistry uh enticing um even if, like, a couple of them blur together. In, especially, like, in those text channels because you aren't sure, like, who's who yet for quite some time. Um, Man. How, about, how many ways have you figured out to kill Alexis yet? Because there's, like, three or four big ones. Which one's Alexis again? Wolf Party Mask Guy. Oh,
0: I haven't even touched that area really? yet. Really? Yeah, okay. I don't even know. So, this game... I don't mean to focus only on the negative. Like, I really enjoy, like, the moment-to-moment gameplay in this game I really like. And it's very, it's evocative of something like Far Cry 3 or something for me. Like, I like playing shooters stealthily that are very forgiving on the stealth. Like, that's why I like, I mean, uh, Skyrim's not a shooter, but, like, first-person stealth in Skyrim's, like, feels very similar to this. Uh, and... I like, I like moving in the moment to moment stuff. But um, what really turns me around in this game is that depending on the time of day that you go into. So like we said, there are four states of any day, but there's also four different areas, right? So it's up Dom, uh, docks. Carl's Carl's Bay, right? The complex. And what was the last one you said? The docks, the docks. Um, wait, isn't that Carl's Bay? I thought Carls Bay is where the docks were.
1: I think you're right. Complex Updom Carls Bay Fristed Rock the Rock. Yes. Um,
0: and first off, there's no map. Well, I should clarify. There is, is no. There's a bad map. There's a bad <laughs> map. There's a there's no interactive map. Yeah. Um this is a cap- picture that you can unlock. <laughs> right, it is basically a document, and it sits in like your inventory, like any other like piece of like any letter.
1: or scrap of paper you find in the world it's unfriendly Um, to new players for sure i i think the whole of the game is but um i don't know eventually it became nice to like learn that stuff naturally yes um i
0: agree but also the added wrinkle there so so yeah so it's a bad map it's just a piece of paper it doesn't even show mark where you are on that map it's just like a static image that never updates so like you have to you have to know your bearings you'd have to be able to figure out where you are which again i appreciate um however depending on what time of day i i assume it's it's determined by time of day that you go into any given level (laughs) it swaps out your spawn point (laughs) on the map oh yeah i think that's random but yes okay that makes it like a thousand times harder for me Cause at least I, get I I can I can figure <laughs> out my orientation by like okay I always know not what true north is but I always know my like you know origin point my starting orientation and I'll go I'll be at like the complex and it's like okay I'm I'm used to like spawning you know right next to like that satellite dish or whatever and you walk out and the satellite dish is there and then there's like a, a cliff that like goes up and a part that goes down and then there's like a big like facility door to the left it's like all right mm-hmm. like i You've can get your bearings from that direction yeah like i can put out feelers from there and then one time i walked out onto the complex and it was like where igor spawns right and i'm like what the fuck like this does not. <laughs> like who does this benefit and i mean the game i think i feel like the game is so smartly designed to make it have as few bumps and sharp corners as possible um for you to like actually enjoy like the parts of the game that are supposed to be difficult like when you get in a firefight or like a really challenging stealth section or whatever Mm -hmm. um or how to like properly like take out a a a target but like that part really because because it took me that was another thing it took me up until recently to be like okay this is just straight up a different area yeah because because for a long time i was like man i really don't have the hang of this level yet like i thought i like knew my way around at least where like the tunnels open up to but this this seems completely unfamiliar to me <laughs> so that's a little frustrating um and yeah if, if i were to like request like any major change would be something like that um at least but be able th- to, like pick where you come out of Pick yeah, you or know, just that's make it the same better. Place.
1: That's probably a better fix because I sort of felt like in my experience, it was about um, having a means to. I think it was like smartly done to always put you near whatever the game assumes your objective is at that point. Like when I was doing end game runs, and the first thing you have to do in a, in a game completing run is disable Igor's experiment. Yeah, um, like it would always if I picked morning at the complex it would put me right there just to do it that's why i
0: think that's the case i think it's contextual based on the time of day i think it's also contextual based off the objective because yeah if your objective is the first part of Igor's chain to like actually go confront him and like look at all of his little like research doohickeys they're not going to spawn you right next to him like they want you to purposely like go through the whole thing where he has like all the laser traps set up and all that Um, right so i think it's completely contextual
1: yeah, and it's also to teach you that there's multiple entrances and exits just in case you need to get out, you know, in a specific way that would be easier than the other one. Um, do the do the tunnels... If you don't come out of a certain set of
0: tunnels, do those tunnels still work as an exit point? Yes. Okay. Because whenever whenever I finish an objective in a level and it tells me to leave the waypoint is never on the closest exit it's on it's the one that you came
1: out of but you yes. can take the other one okay yeah uh so yeah i i've always found i mean i i found it to be helpful in one way but i do kind of agree that um having it be something you can choose solves both of those problems in a much better way in a much yeah. more easily readable way but yeah yeah, it's weird um yeah Maybe they just didn't have, like, a map UI on the docket. And when it came time, when someone thought of that bit, they were like, well, we didn't even build out this first bit. And the game's due in two weeks. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, (laughs) uh, yeah. um, I don't know. And to touch on it, just because it is returning on the game of the year list. um, The other big thing that I think it did that most immersive sims have never gotten me to do. Um, I've always found more value in playing stealthy, um, reserved, careful, cautious, not wasting my ammo. Um, this is like the first time an immersive sim has got me to play uh, runny gunny, Rudy Toody, point and shooty. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Why not? You know, like it is refreshing to have an immersive sim that doesn't care about how many people you've killed, for one thing and and not only doesn't care but openly says like go nuts these people are here to die um they go every-
0: bags. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> everyone here is aware of what happens on the loop and they're just like yeah whatever fuck it um yeah killing killing these people is fun and it's a sport and we're all here for it uh and and then like to go from there and make the actual gunplay so fun as you know like that's a not only a valid strat, but an ex- incredibly entertaining one. Um, to feel that transition happen in me from from a weaker cult who's just starting out, getting his legs, remembering why he's here, um, to a cult dressed to the nines, all decked out, ready to, to just murder. It's cool. Yeah. It's so cool. It's good that a game can do that now. Um, Which makes or- it wilder that there are people that have straight up either
0: purposefully skipped over the residuum like yeah. system or like didn't know it was there because i mean you you were saying that like it felt pretty obvious that they were critical pathing you to that i kind of felt that way too but i like went and did some other stuff first and like after doing a couple things i was like oh fuck i'm so sick of starting with this starting machine <laughs> pistol that jams I'm all the go time i
1: and do that yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, because I also like never experienced a jam because as soon as I unlocked the residuum, I could just you know keep whatever. And as soon as you find purple guns, purple guns never jam. And you find them pretty quick after that point. And those well, I, think, just, I think any gun that's not gray doesn't jam. I think it's literally only the worst guns that jam. I think the blue do on very rare occasions. It's like a oh, okay. 5% chance as opposed to like a 30% chance. Um, But yeah, it's... a. Uh, I don't know. I think Deathloop is great. I think the dialogue is amazing. Um, the overall plot's a little weak, but a, the moment-to-moment moment is so good that it makes up for it. Mm-hmm. And for for many reasons, for all those reasons and more, that's Deathloop to me. Yeah. I
0: think I think it's very good. I'm really enjoying it. I really want to go back and finish it. Uh, I have a another criticism slash question. Okay. So, so the game sets up this these story missions, right? It's like this is mm-hmm. this is the path you'll take to kill this certain person, which I really like. Um, it also is kind of like in this kind of uh, flowchart uh, state machine kind of thing, kind of similar to like the Outer Wilds kind of like knowledge tree yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um And every time you learn something new, every time you complete a leg of a mission to defeat a uh visionary it like continues along that leg and you have one giant chart for targets and you have one giant chart for loot and it's like here's right. what you should do Special to get loot. the certain gun yeah. yeah or get the slab which the slabs are the equivalent to neuromods or or uh um uh, fuck what are they called in bioshock i kept making the joke comparing plasmids to plasmids or vigors and in infinite um and so it will show you, like, this is who you'll need to kill if you want the blink one or if you want this one or that one. Um, which I got to say, not really interested in any of the slabs outside the blink <laughs> one. Like, they yeah. seem interesting, but, like, I, it's the blink one and the one I already have,
1: which is the tie people's fates together. Yes. So if you kill one, you kill all of them. Those are probably the two most powerful. The others definitely have their situations. Probably the only one I didn't use was the rampage. Um, which was Fia's, which is the take less damage, deal more damage. Mm. Um, but I mean, I had instances where the invisibility really, really helped, especially with areas where you have to like go through minefields because they just, it, you know, the invisibility covers you for that, makes you immune to mines. Oh, really? Because um, yes. I, I have a perk that I think... Oh, no. I have a perk
0: that does something with mines. I think oh, it's I can... Because normally you can... you can only go up and you have to physically hack it. But I have mm-hmm. one where I can use my Hackamajig to remote yes. hack a Mr. Landline.
1: Hackamajig. Yes, a great, good, good a great characters. device.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, my question is: so, let's say I do all of the mission stories to figure out how to um, the best way to kill everyone, so I can do it in the you know the four in stage, a single day in a single yeah. day. Does it tell you? like is it going to be like dawn of the final day kind of thing where it's like okay you know how to kill all of them we're going to reset the instructions so you that you know which place to start and you, you know it's like okay first you want to go to up dom in the morning and take out these two and blah 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 does it tell you that or it's like do i have to remember everything i've done it'll tell you okay good yeah that, that was, you'll... like, my biggest amount of anxiety where it was, like, <laughs> you know, at the end of Frank's, like, path, it's, like, you're you're sabotaging these explosives because he does, like, this fi- big firework display. Right. And then, like, you'll be somewhere in the evening and they will just, like, ping you, like, oh, Frank's dead because, like, it happened off screen. Right. And it's, like, when I do the final loop, am I going to have to remember like what time of day and where specifically that like creative fireworks is to like go and sabot- <laughs> like that sounds terrible that sounds exactly what i don't want to do
1: well okay i'll give you a little hint because i think you've probably already done this if you've killed harry at once um she is only there at one specific time she never shows up again outside of that one specific time that's the that's only the place leader right yes yeah that's the only place you can kill her and now you know her fire the f- firework sabotage is right there
0: right interesting yeah so that's right. that
1: yeah. that that's your one visit to carl's bay during the perfect loop got is, it is you'll be killing harriet and sabotaging the fireworks and then on to your next thing the perfect loop goofy the perfect loop fishing gif um <laughs> I I
0: constantly fuck up when I try to assassinate Harriet because it's like oh Harriet's like making this big speech and like it's like this downed plane that has like crashed through a hangar and she like stands at the cockpit because it's like one of those like you know the entire game is like retro futuristic like mid-century modern 60s aesthetic right um, and so like this plane looks very like uh, skycapped in the world of tomorrow where it's like the front yeah. is just like one big dome like glass dome with like uh like iron thatch work over it and I'm like oh okay like that's the spot where I could kill her and so I assumed in my infinite wisdom that I could just like stand at the other end of the hangar and just sniper nope it just means she's talking in there and then you can sneak up behind her and assassinate her so like you yeah still it's have like to... covered in glass right so I think I tried that too yes yeah um, but I just assumed like
1: surely I can shoot through the glass but I guess not <laughs> uh Uh, yeah there's there's ways that definitely make that easier um i will say i know there's a there's
0: a back door that i discovered after my one of my encounters but i don't know how to get through it yet and uh yeah i I feel like there's the game teaches you like ways to like kind of circumvent stuff where it's like oh this door is like locked with like some sort of like electronic device like obviously there's a way to hack it and like most of the solutions is or, or the first time it introduces that concept to you it's like all right now look through the window and there's like the terminals inside and you hack it with your hackamajig i don't think i've ever run into that specific scenario like maybe like one other time hmm. so it's like I, a lot of locked doors are like all right doors locked, like or like the door like has no power so you like have to figure out how to power it on and it's like
1: uh I, I don't know uh most windows are smashable Blink mm. is not a physical traversal, but an instant teleportation. So, right, you don't yes. trip mines. I learned you, that, yeah. Um, and uh, there is almost always a way past locked doors. I don't think I encountered a locked door outside of like a few specific instances that I couldn't find another way around. Just by like, and this is maybe immersive sim player brain talking. Like, I've just done enough of these that I get mm-hmm. the tropes. Are you know, okay, if you can't go laterally uh you need to look vertically and maybe there's a spot above you um the soldered's guilty this so hard there's like almost always a window like directly above a door that's open that will just put you right into the the room uh and maybe there's like vents or uh space to crawl underneath you know it's it's that's where i would keep your eyes to, yeah. to try and find situations that you can you know sneak in more easily
0: yeah i definitely it like and, and that's again like another i mean you said immersive sim but also like a, a good hitman comparison right it's like you got to mm-hmm. start incorporating more lateral thinking um which kind of requires like a certain amount of like meta thinking where it's like okay if i were a game designer or if i were a level designer how would i set up the scenario and like kind of like yeah. cheating it that way which kind of <laughs> can break the illusion but
1: does it I don't
0: know. I always like. Well, I mean, it. <laughs> I would. I, I mean, I would personally enjoy it, but I can. I can see a scenario where someone might fr- find that frustrating because they just want to, you know, play. The- I mean, it's the same thing as me talking about puzzle design, like last last time. Yeah. Like I, I, I sometimes I just don't have that puzzle player mentality to like understand how to tackle that scenario it's like you know i don't i don't have that muscle memory like i was i remember have you have you seen these fucking i think it's called like exit the game have you seen these like take home escape room things no they're like these disposable escape room board games like you can only play them once because like playing the game like physically involves like destroying some of the shit that's in the box and i've never played an, i've never done an escape room um but like we had one of these i was like oh that sounds cool like yeah i'd be into doing it and they start pulling out all the stuff, and we're like looking at the like introductory puzzle, and it's like involving cards and all this other shit. And I'm looking at this first puzzle, and I'm just like, "This might as well, this might as well be in Greek." Like, I don't understand anything. And I was like, and we were like out of, t- we were like, it- I was on a trip to DC with some of my friends from out of town, and I was like, I i can't do this like we've been walking around all day like i do not have the the mental fortitude to like tackle this <laughs> and like i like walked away and like ooh, like took a nap or something came back a couple hours later and they had like physically like ripped up the cards and had to like fold them at certain angles and shit and they were like turned like a page into like a looking glass or something or a spyglass and like and i i just don't have that both that type of mind and also that amount of like and i didn't have that muscle memory and i feel like a lot some and a lot of times uh certain game design it feels like that to me where it's like oh i just a don't have the experience to figure this out but b don't have the curiosity or care to like (laughs) do whatever the (laughs) fuck this game is expecting of me like
1: yeah i'm good i i feel you i feel you so we've learned. Dylan hates puzzles. I hate uh, puzzles. We can. <laughs> Why am I working on a puzzle type game? <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe because you hate puzzles. Sometimes the I hate best puzzles. designers are the people who like don't like what they're the the, the rest of the thing, you know. Yeah. What, what other true. people have done before them, and so they want to come up with something better. Yeah. And and I always tip my hat to that. Uh, I feel like we spent a lot of time on Deathloop. <laughs> we do. It was a big game for both of us. I feel like it was. So it was one of the ones we both had. So that
0: makes sense. So, this means you only get five minutes to talk about Metroid Dread.
1: Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, well, Metroid Dread's really good. Metroid no. Dread is like capital V video games. Capital V because it's Metroid 5, BB. Hey, yeah, I, can we we have to touch on that for a second. It's been 20 goddamn years since a new Metroid game. And I'm not saying a new Metroid Prime game. It's a different series, new Metroid game. That's Metroid Other M Erasure. Uh well yes I like <laughs> every other video gamer in the world. Um, <laughs> pretty sure Metroid Other M doesn't exist, Dylan. Uh, <laughs> that, that's a made up a game a Metroid game made by Teen Ninja. You're talking crazy. That's that never happened. Uh, Metroid Dread is a just excellent Metroid. Uh, you know, it's been twenty years since we've had. Good Metroid, good two D Metroid. Okay, I was about to and say, and we finally do. Hold your tongue. And it's it's excellent. I I love it. I I it, it excels in a number of ways. Um, its presentation is very slick. Um, its world is huge and and full of all of the classic Metroid standbys you'd expect. Uh, just in terms of like what you should be able to explore, um. It uh characterizes Samus very, very, very well. Uh just coming off of like other M and and Prime and whatnot. I feel like uh these guys, I forget what team uh Nintendo Hits. Mer- Mercury us off Steam. To. Mercury Steam, thank you. The... I know they made Return of Stannis um three DS remake of two. Yes. They get it they get what makes a good Metroid and they get what makes Samus a fun character and that she's um, like all brawn, no bullshit. Uh, like she's just f- fiercely focused on her objective. I, it's funny to think about the fact that um, as long as these franchises have been around, the closest comparisons i can think of as far as like a character related to her is master chief or the doomslayer um and just that you know she is like single minded in her determination and sure. her focus as as a, a bounty hunter protecting the universe yeah. uh, samus um,
0: what are you doing i'm giving the space pirates back their bomb
1: yes of course uh and Metroid Dread expands on it in very interesting ways, in ways I wasn't expecting. Just coming from, you know, other 2D Samus games being kind of story-light, you know? Um, her character is delivered through animation, uh, limited animation, and and bits of, like, text boxes every once in a while. Uh, Metroid Dread has the opportunity to use full-motion cutscenes. Um, and does so often enough. And with great effect uh i i don't know how much i should spoil about this i mean i
0: i like metroid um okay it's mostly prime that i like uh i think i've played a little bit of well let's because because we called this metroid 5 because they have this kind of mm-hmm. like weird kind of chronology where they have like two separate it's, it's they have two separate series i need a, I need a hyrule historia i need a metroid okay. historia um but so so, for the five in this series, it's mm-hmm. one, it's the original Metroid, and then two is Metroid 2, which was the Game Boy release. That they Return later, of Samus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. remade as Samus Returns. Um, three is Super Metroid. Correct. And then four is Fusion. Yes. Correct. And then Zero Mission is a remake of one. Correct. Okay. Um, Samus that was like Returns a fusion. is a remake yes, of Right, That was my confusion because I remember there being two GBA games, it being Zero Mission and Fusion, and I knew one of them was a remake. and I I always got this mixed up in my head, but Fusion is also like, kind of heavily references Prime. It's almost like a companion piece to Prime, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it it takes bits um, because Prime expands on some lore um, and it takes some of those bits, like Adam is a major character now uh he has been since like the first prime and by fusion um there's been events that kind of happened off screen where adam dies and his uh his consciousness is transplanted into an ai that um sticks with samus as like a personal companion um and so throughout fusion uh adam the ai is is talking to you and giving you mission objectives uh wow it is a lot like master chief it is, um, somewhat, yeah. <laughs> Got a voice in my
0: head, call me a stud muffin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, uh, Adam very uh, strictly, canonically also refers to Samus as Lady, and it's just kind of like, it's cool, because it is a thing that references their relationship in a way that like Samus used to hate being called Lady, but now she like understands it as a term of endearment, and um he'll use it just as like you know like a, i get you i respect you um uh uh so and you know part of the reason we don't talk about other m that game that doesn't exist is because it tried to make the relationship into more of a romantic thing and mm. that's that's no bueno um <laughs> Samus anyway. is chaste. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i said she's single-minded okay she's about killing the metroids and saving the galaxy she don't have time for no man okay mm-hmm. yeah um so anyway um metroid red feels slick the uh animation controller is probably the first thing i should touch on just because all of your movements feel right feel good um they've all been given the right amount of juice uh the push to to make you know like wall jumping sliding um you go for, you can go from a slide into a morph ball um that just feels so good so right um, I'm big. I'm real big into how Metroid Dread really pushes its animation foundation, uh, because that all like ties into it seamlessly blending into cutscenes. Uh, and and so those happen quite a bit. Uh, you get introduced to the Emmys. Each one has like a cutscene that explains their individual power, and the Emmys are cool, uh, because they are unkillable monsters that have a well, I should say robots, but still unkillable um that inhabit a specific section of each map um and part of your goal throughout the game is to eventually find a way to kill them uh this is what i liked most going into dread knowing that it was going to be scary again because i always liked that about fusion fusion found a way to make a 2d side-scrolling game boy Advance game terrifying and i always felt like that was really really cool and i understand that like, people talk about metroid 1 and metroid 2 also being pretty good at this um just in terms of like i think metroid 2 specifically having a limited palette and a limited view um they took advantage of that and thought like okay what can we do with this well we can make the game scary um and and create emotion through that but I, I think Fusion knew how to push it, and I think Dread understands that direction, although they couldn't you know, get it exactly where that was because the story kind of demanded it go other places as well. Um, you as Samus get so powerful in this game uh, through means that I don't know if I should spoil or not. Uh, I think one thing, though, that is kind of telling about it is uh, it's a hard game but never in an unfair way. And enough of it is you getting stronger as Samus mechanically uh, via finding upgrades and whatnot. And the rest of it is honestly, you genuinely feeling as a player, like you're getting better and you're getting stronger. And I think that is the hook that makes all Metroid games. Great. It is executed very well here. Um, Man, I really want to talk about some story bits. (laughs) <laughs> Feel free. I mean, like, I don't I don't I'll probably play this at some point. Like
0: I mean, every time a first party Nintendo game comes out, it's like I have to do the the mental math of like, okay, I know this won't be like discounted in any way, shape or form for years. <laughs> Is this a game that I really wanna, you know, put the sixty dollars down for? And like, you know, sometimes it's an immediate yes, like I bought the new WarioWare game no questions asked. even though I think that was maybe $50. Um, Right. And uh, there's nothing really stopping me from picking this one up um, because I've really heard nothing but good things about it. But I also think the game looks kind of (laughs) ugly.
1: It's here and there, I I would say, maybe.
0: I think it's a very... I think the lighting... It's a very flat textured game and I just think it's like... It. Like, it looks like it looks like a sequel to that 3DS game Mercury Sea made. And I'm just kind of <laughs> like... I, I, I just want a little bit more. I don't want, like... Samus a slight look push. Like, yeah, I just don't want Samus to look like she's made a plasticine clay with, like, I, super high specularity.
1: Yeah, I, I did reach bits in this game that I thought were very pretty. So I don't think it's it's universal, but I can also see, like, you know, some complaints here and there. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I think this uh reaches a pretty interesting conclusion in samus's journey not a final conclusion but just like an incredible milestone um because it's about and the game will actually give you a pretty cool cutscene when you first open it that explains the events of the first four games pretty succinctly pretty quickly she found the metroids in the first metroid uh she killed the metroids in metroid 2 um In Super Metroid, uh, the Metroids are back with um, a queen and their lair coming from, like, an original planet. Um, The Metroids, if you don't know, were named by the Chozo. The Chozo called them Metroids because Metroid in their language means ultimate warrior. uh, Because they are extremely hard to defeat and just sap the living energy from everything, right? Um, She defeats the Mother Brain uh, in Metroid Fusion it is determined that because she killed the mother brain and the Metroids on their home planet, um, the home, the Metroids prey on their home planet is now running rampant. And this is like a parasite called the X and Samus gets infected by the X is almost dead, um, but gets revived by a Metroid vaccine. Um, basically she now has Metroid DNA in her wow and look at
0: Metro fusion being this like covert op for the deep states or pro vaccine <laughs> i can't believe
1: it it's true yep get a vaccine defeat the x parasites uh and so metroid dread is about samus getting a a video message of an x parasite which she supposedly wiped out after she just decided fuck it and blew up the entire metroid planet um so that's scary uh she goes out to where this video like told her to go um she is immediately accosted like it is so funny and yet also terrifying how this game does its traditional samus loses all of her powers bit because samus touches down on this planet gets out of her ship fights something that looks like a chozo warrior well okay sorry it's a scene of her ship flying down to the planet and then it smash cuts to her lying on the ground and like the dead yamcha pose with like a with like a the busted suit and like no powers right (laughs) Uh uh-huh big crater yeah and and then like at first it's like really funny like okay they like didn't even bother (laughs) explaining it this time and then she gets up and she has like flashes of memory so she's forgotten exactly what happened, but she was fighting something, and that something nearly killed her. Uh, which is ew, yeah. So there's the other goal of the game is like find out what the whatever the hell that was. Um, eventually, uh, Adam at one point when you get to a certain point underground in the planet says like you know your signals breaking up. Um, you'll need to like reestablish contact somewhere at a later date um which seems to happen fairly quickly you get to like another computer terminal and like he's back up and running he's like hey what's up uh he gives you your mission objectives you keep going you reach a point where uh you find another chozo a, a live one uh and this guy talks to you about what's been happening on this planet which is basically uh, the guy you fought is a big general named Ravenbeak, And he's a warlord, a Chozo warlord. Um, he has come here. He has been creating efforts to revive the X parasite. Cause he saw how powerful it made you in conjunction with the Metroid vaccine. Uh, he is, you know, trying to create an unstoppable army. Uh, and you as Samus need to defeat him. Um, He's also the one who's been like turning the Emmys against you since the Emmys were originally like research droids. You keep going, you keep going, keep going. Eventually, uh, some particularly interesting things begin to happen towards the end of the game, especially. Uh, Samus scares a creature off um, because suddenly, like in the face of an odd that she doesn't think she's about to overcome, her hand starts glowing. And her eyes start glowing. And she, like, starts absorbing this creature's life energy. And it, like, runs off scared. And there's a very palpable moment where her eyes are wide. And she's looking at her hand. And, like, she's scared. Holy fuck. Samus is scared of something. Scared of something that's happening to her. And it's, like, all done without words. Right? Like, she still doesn't talk during this whole thing. This whole game. And... She gets to, like, the final room, basically. And it dawns on her that she's not been talking to Adam this whole time. It kind of hits her when your AI... Well, actually, there's been hints throughout the whole game that it's not Adam. Because he hasn't been calling you Lady, he's been calling you Samus. And like suddenly it hits her that like oh shit i've been guided through this whole thing by this ai who isn't who i thought it was um and then sort of smashes this computer and breaks into the final boss room where this big chozo general is just sitting there waiting for her Like i said it's all very video games but in a way that feels particularly emotional just for a metroid game anyway raven beast your dad um what yeah raven beaks like raised you as a child from a child to like become the ultimate warrior so that he could like learn from you and and you know interesting right um we know samus was created by the chozo so now we have like some actual backstory to that right yeah the chozo
0: have always been confusing to me because like they talk about how the chozo like raised samus or whatever but then Mm -hmm in like prime they treat the chozo almost as like like it like
1: a an alien race that has long since been extinct right so you have to forget about prime because again prime is like a whole separate timeline whole separate oh, history sure, sure 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 right uh but yeah like chozo uh having basically this game doesn't add anything not of really cool value to the metroid universe and to samus's character development because she recognizes that the metroid d in her is waking up and starting to have her behave like a metroid and the boss battle is really cool it's tough it took me like seven tries and by the end of it i love this bit i just have to mention this where like Ravenbeak has her by the throat and he's like monologuing he's doing the stereotypical bad guy thing and Samus is having none of it it's so well done like as soon as he's got her she's like doesn't even give her a second to talk he's she's like wailing on his arm she's like trying to find anything like just like give me an opportunity to smack you I need to smack you right now mm-hmm. like <laughs> um, and then yeah like it it awakens again and she's like draining him of life energy and he's like somehow didn't see this coming when he grabbed her <laughs> and uh yeah and from there you know you get the whole escape sequence i that's the whole synopsis but um skipping over a couple of important and cool bits but i i just think it's a good game it's a good game i've been talking about for too long but metroid is awesome
0: i've heard nothing but good things um yeah it's just i've i've never been a huge metroid person uh not for anything i mean i guess i've really never been a huge metroidvania person because i've never played I've never played a Castlevania for very you long. You played Cave Story. Play Cave Story. Yeah, and probably like some other. Like I played a little bit of like Ori, the first Ori. Or oh whatever. yeah, yeah. Um, v. If you want to consider that a Castlevania or
1: Metroidvania. Yeah, no, it sounds cool. I hear oh, it's called Metroid because it's a it's a Metroidvania set in a Metroid. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yes,
0: it's called Metroidvania. Uh, because it's it's shit. Yeah, you never mind. You already <laughs> said the joke, and now I, I'm I, on the joke.
1: I think I butchered it too. Yeah, it's, it's uh, called a, s- it's <laughs> called Castlevania because it's a Metroidvania set in the castle. Yes, oh, there it is. Yeah. There it is.
0: <laughs> Carbon copy Heather flowers. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it it sounds cool. Um, I don't know if you intentionally meant to skip over this for to leave some surprises, but I know uh, uh a certain fan favorite boss also shows up. Yes. Uh, not Ridley. (laughs) No, not Ridley. Um, crate is there. Yeah. Which? How did they get him there? Doesn't?
1: Didn't he die? And was on a completely different planet. He. uh, I think the 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 what you've learned over the course of the game is that like Ravenbeak has been. You know, this whole planet is for his experiments. Um, to create the perfect army. So he's like looking at all the creatures you've defeated, their weaknesses, their strengths uh also also i think it's great that samus or metroid rather is a well-known speed game at this point Mm -hmm. and it's sort of like known that speedrunners are going to find ways to break the game reach things before they should uh and these this team i gotta keep blanking on the name mercury steam uh have actually accounted for that and there is a special secret like one hit kill you can do on crate if you happen to have picked up the bombs before you get to them, which is not supposed to be possible. Interesting. Yeah, there's little things like that. Um, they're they're well aware of the kind of community this genre fosters, and like and like I said, they've just done such a good job at understanding Metroid to a point that they've can just keep going with the series, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've heard that this is the best-selling Metroid game ever, or, like, yeah. had the fastest sales, like, in its first month of release or something like that. Um,
1: Definitely one of those. I'm blinking on which one exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I think,
0: I mean, it's, it, it was really telling when comparing it to something like Metroid Prime 1, which is a game that is pretty well-regarded, but still not a blockbuster in terms of Nintendo game sales. I'm curious, I'm curious how Metroid Prime 4 will do when it eventually comes out, and I'm also yeah. curious, like, with the success of this game, will we see more investment in Metroid as a franchise from Nintendo, or is it always going to be kind of like this, you know, not to be pejorative with this term, but like, you know, more of a budget release, because I mean, like, this this game does not have the production value of something, say, a Mario Odyssey or a Breath of the Wild. Sure, Yeah um so yeah they they might be putting they might be giving those type types of resources to retro because i mean like they let retro completely start over from scratch with prime four uh so i'm curious i'm curious i mean i've always wanted the best for metroid even though i've never spent much time with the series Mm -hmm. um but what am i getting federation force to? is the real real you know i've
1: been asking that since like months ago when i finally actually played federation force and was like wait a minute this is good why did everyone lie to me (laughs) (laughs) well because it's chibi a little yeah i know it's not what you wanted from the metroid series but it's fun it was genuinely fun and i was like damn it i wish i could have known this like back when there might have been a player base to do the multiplayer with games like federation force and metroid prime hunters
0: are like the prime example the prime example (gasps) of the the monkey's paw wish where it's like i want more metroid prime here you go here's this weird shooter on a ds okay okay though but metroid know, prime you're, hunters? Gonna, you're, you're gonna get into your your you, you know true defender alex damrath of metroid prime I, hunters
1: i just you know we would have what were basically halo death matches on the bus to school and and you can't beat that shit okay sure Absolute blast!
0: Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying they were bad games, but it's definitely like not what people
1: wanted, right? Well, speaking of falling down holes and losing your powers, uh, oh shit! Who, who had <laughs> downwill Downwell on their on their list?
0: <laughs> and then second question: Why?
1: <laughs> uh, well, no, because because good. Mm. Anyway, um, tell
0: me about Hold Down. Hold Down let me tell you uh it's basically the only mobile game i play anymore (laughs) (laughs) uh hold down came out a couple years ago it is by the people that made a game called rim capsule um i know will once talked about rim capsule um yeah hold down uh is basically infinite runner breakout you um have you have your phone Held vertically at the top of the screen, there's a line, and above that line is a series of balls, and you aim the balls at these little capsules of varying sizes and shapes, and each capsule has a number on it. And every time a ball hits hits it, the numbers tick down, and the goal is to destroy the balls, which they are destroyed when they run out of numbers, the numbers hit zero. And the goal is to destroy the pills before they go up high enough to cross over that line. So like every time you throw your series of balls, they will bounce around at angles. And, um, if they hit back at the top of the screen or bounce enough times, uh, without hitting a pill, they'll turn red and then just zoom back to the top of the line. And every time your balls return, all of the pills on the screen, move up one unit. Um, and the goal, Is to get as well the ultimate goal at the very end because there's a bunch of different stages uh, and it's got kind of like a light sci-fi theme where it's like you're drilling um, down into the depths of I think what starts as like an asteroid and then a comet and then a planet and then like a bigger planet and then once you complete all those and those all have like set depths and once you reach the bottom of each one of those depths there's like a core that you have to hit a, a number of times and then that's destroyed then you clear that level then you move on to the next one and then ultimately you you unlock an infinite mode where instead of drilling into like a planet you're drilling into a black hole and you just the goal is to get as far down as you as you can and it's just it is that perfect balance for me um, cuz when i play a game on my phone i want to play something that's active Like, I don't want to play, like, a puzzle game or something slow or something like that um, because I want something that I can glance at my phone at for a little bit and mess around with and then go do something else. Um, So, I want something that's action-y but with not a terrible amount of investment. It's like, you know, you have something like Brawl Stars, which I like, but Brawl Stars also, like, you go and play Brawl Stars and there's a time commitment. Yeah. Like, you're locked in for five minutes or whatever. Uh, each time you play brawl stars uh, but this you can you can start a throw and then you can exit out of the app and i don't know what they did because i remember back in the day whenever you would leave an app on like ios they it would automatically lose all the all the memory or data right because it was just like mm-hmm. stored in ram and it would just destroy it all yeah which is really bad for games because like you couldn't games had to be more turn-based or games had to like, let you know it's like, Hey, we saved your progress or whatever. So like when you boot this game back up, it's going to, you know, load you back through the, you know, start screen and splash page or whatever. Uh, But this, this game is so good at saving your state, no matter what state you're in. Like I could be in the middle of a throw and the balls will be falling towards like an object and about to bounce off of it. And I can exit the app. I can full close the app. And then open it back up, and it'll be right back in that state. Um, so whatever they've done to get that to work is great. So it's 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 so easy to just pick up and play, and then put it down and walk away. And it's really the only game I play on my phone anymore because of that. <laughs> um, because it has that perfect amount of stickiness, but like low investment time. Um, it's also just really fun. It's really fun to like figure out how to uh uh optimize your runs and like figure out the best way because like as you get deeper and deeper the numbers on the pills get higher and higher um and then you start accumulating more balls um you have like a little like xp meter that every time a ball hits a pill it like increments a little bit and then you get another one but you max out at 99 balls and like when (laughs) you're like 800 900 meters down yeah uh when you when you get like 800 900 meters down uh you start seeing like pills that are like requiring 900 hits or 800 hits or whatever to eliminate and so you have to be like very methodical about like okay i need to bounce i need to hit it at this angle so it bounces off the wall and then bounces off the wall and back onto it so it hits it a bunch of times in the single run and rapidly destroy it and yeah it's just it's a i really like it End of thesis.
1: Good phone game. (laughs) It looks cool. I like this
0: character. I like this worm. Yeah, you can tap on him and he says stuff like "Hello, fellow comrade," or "Always eat your vegetables." Nice,
1: good. Yeah, I love
0: a mascot with good messages. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's hold down.
1: That's hold down. Alex, tell me about inscription. I I should. I should tell you about inscription. I am fresh faced <laughs> having beaten inscription very recently, having woken up and like needed to write about inscription, need to talk about inscription. I Dylan, <laughs> you play Hearthstone, right? Yeah. Okay. Well I have in the so past. Ima- imagine you've like woken up, had your breakfast, sat down mm-hmm. for some some light hearthstone, start your weekend, right? Everything's going fine, the vibe is good. Until the Murloc card in your hand starts talking to you. And it says things like, <laughs> and it's saying things like the opponent you're playing against is a crazy person holding him hostage. And just when you think you should put the game down, you notice he's right. Your opponent is like hidden in shadow and speaks in very threatening riddle. Uh, and you look back at your hand, and your burlock's face has transformed into like a clunky looking computer monitor. And and you go to, like, exit the game, but instead your character in Hearthstone gets up from the table and looks around, and the tavern is dark and empty. And then there's, like, a knock at your door, and it's the FBI ordering you to open up and return stolen property to Blizzard. Like, are you with me so far? No. Okay, well, that's inscription. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Uh, so if you're not familiar, um, this is by one one Daniel Mullins, who is known for making what I like to call cursed games. Uh, he likes to call them self-destructing love letters to genres, which I also like. Uh, he did one called Pony Island, which yeah. was sort of like an arcade game at a point and a point-and-click adventure. Uh, that was invaded with like fourth-wall-shattering horrors. Uh, and then he also did one called The Hex, which is about game characters from a bunch of different genres getting together uh and having like a rashomon style where you had to like play through their games so you had like a jrg jrpg bit a fighting game bit uh but it's all like them trying to figure out why someone is trying to murder them like someone's been invading their games trying to kill them right where if you weren't familiar with this uh the ending to it is apparently in a different game entirely wow okay (laughs) so he's he's known for this he likes games that kind of break very interesting uh thematic boundaries i i think think frog fractions but like as an scp right i was
0: i was going to mention frog fractions like the fact that the ending is in a in a different game entirely scenes feels very frog fractions like
1: (laughs) yeah uh, and, and like hints of Undertale's uh, little like introspective moments about like what it means to be a JRPG or whatnot. Uh, so with Inscription, uh, Daniel has wormed his signature self-referential dread into the delightful avenue of collectible card games. So right. it it opens in a cabin where you're trapped facing a stranger who wants to play card games but very slowly, gradually unfurls a mystery that is impossible to look away from. Uh, And so it starts as a roguelike deck builder, steeped in sort of a a creepy American frontier mystique, uh, but then builds into an escape room, into a metagame, into an ARG, until the entire facade of video game kind of melts down around you. Hmm. I... And I'm going to say right here, when I reviewed Outer Wilds years ago, when, when I, when I talked about Outer Wilds years ago, I felt it necessary to discuss the ending as it was pivotal to understanding my impression. Um, but here I, I feel strongly that I need to do the opposite and avoid discussing where this game goes. Cause if you know what's coming, it, it does not hit as hard hmm. and, Boy, does this game hit hard with a couple of things. Uh, I'm going to bait the hook a little bit more and say that uh, at one point I had to write down a bit of binary to go and plug it into Google uh, and and translate it as a clue for what to do next. Um, I was threatened at one point with the deletion of my actual personal computer files like, it pulled up a menu and was like, which one do you want to go? And it was, like, my downloads, like, some PDFs and stuff that I had. Oh, my God. Uh, and then at one point, I had to parody Yu-Gi-Oh! So, like, it gave me a dual disc and had big floating life point numbers and was like, is this what you want? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so... I should also say that this game would be a worse game if the basic card mechanics beneath it were any weaker and, and I am happy to say they are not. Uh, this game never got stale. I enjoyed crafting strategies around its collectible collectible card gaming uh, core as much as I enjoyed like the rest of the game. A- and ultimately, kind of wish that at the end of this, all, at the end of it all, I could go back and like keep playing the roguelike. like. Uh, it's a very fun sort of puzzle system where you're like you even get what the ai is going to do next turn they they give you that and you have to like come up with your strategy based on that and it's a tough game but even if it like decides to go as hard on you as possible and like play a little calvin ball and shake its rules up just for the sake of like uh uh, beating you um you get ample opportunity to fix the game in your favor as well Hmm. Uh, at certain points and i think that is pretty awesome at one point you get to make your own cards um actually at several points uh there's there's different mechanics for making your own cards uh one of them lets you type in whatever you want and so i was like naming it after friends who are watching me stream it uh and then at another point it's like a name generator and uh i just have to give shout outs to my children uh doctor shoot you and uh big toot 2000 was the other one uh super good cards glad i had them glad i made them <laughs> i i man honestly if i hadn't only completed it so close to when we were doing this i think i might have ended up higher on my list uh the the things that it does on like an Undertale scale of just like pulling the curtain back a bit and letting you go oh shit at what is happening it's pretty incredible and I've I've I played Pony Island I haven't played the Hex I feel like I need to now um but I feel like Daniel Mullins has something incredibly special going on with his shtick. Mm -hmm. And this game, this game hits real hard with it. I'm looking at the Steam
0: page right now, and it has almost 22,000 reviews at overwhelmingly positive. This game
1: must be doing gangbusters. I hope so. I, I really, really do. The, uh... How spooky does it get? I don't think it jump scares you ever. It's way more like dreary. Okay, um, just,
0: just dreadful. Because yeah, it feels yeah. like you're playing a card game in the Evil Dead house.
1: Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh. There's when you die. Uh. In the Evil Dead house. Um. There's two big hands that reach out from the darkness and grab at you, but they come at you slow um it's it's nothing jumps out at you nothing's frightening outside of like the vibe interesting it's a frightening vibe but it's not like gonna it's not gonna shock you so yeah i i have to recommend inscription i have to recommend it to everyone now because i need more people to talk about how weird it gets uh and yeah i i I'll be fighting about this game for a while, I think. <laughs> how long is it? It took me... Oh, you know what? I could probably look that up for you. How long it took for me. Um... It took me about 17 hours. Okay,
0: yeah. It says main story on how long to be. It's about 11 to 12 hours. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, I. It's, that's another one of those games I've heard nothing but overwhelming praise for but haven't checked out myself just because like i wasn't sure how well i could handle the the spoops
1: yeah i also think this is the one that's getting the most eyes on it as far as his work because he's uh, got devolver backing him now um, yeah but- that and there's a track record like i know
0: people are right. familiar with pony island um I guess less so the Hex. I,
1: I, I did not know about that game myself. I honestly didn't either until I looked up, like, has he done anything else between Pony Island and this? Uh, Which, when but, did
0: Pony Island come out?
1: I think it was in college. so it's like 2015 least, or something? Uh, 2016. It was when I graduated. Yeah.
0: And then 2018 for the Hex. Right. So, yeah. That's a and good...
1: definitely definitely reads like inscription took more time because i don't think he's done 3d graphics before and yeah there's a fact, lot, there's a lot of work there's a lot of art in this yeah i remember um I, and now that i bring that up i remembering in the credits there were like a lot of Sketchfab uh credits that he put in
0: right i think you mentioned there someone mentioned that that the he he utilized open source models uh quite a bit yeah that's but cool still. I'm I'm happy for him. Hope he gets to continue to make good stuff. Um, weird
1: cursed games.
0: Yeah. Anything else Uh, about inscription?
1: Nothing I can say. (laughs) I want to check it out.
0: I think I think Devolver just announced some game of theirs is coming to Switch. I don't know if it was inscription or something.
1: You thinking of the? Are you thinking of the twelve minutes announcement? Oh, that yeah. we got <laughs> from Annapura? That,
0: that is that is what I'm <laughs> thinking. Unfortunately, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean that's definitely
0: the 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 devolver strategy though is that release the game on PC and possibly other consoles. But if if Let's see not, how well it simultaneous release. Well, no, I think it's always released it on Steam. I mean, unless it's like a super super budget title, um, right? But like Loop Heroes coming to Switch soon, which. I'm kind of. I never touched that game. People had nothing but great things to say about that game this year, Um, but that's something I want to hold out until it's on Switch to play. Yeah, I think I'm with you with that. Um, Or on a Steam Deck, (gasps) the Gabe Gear. The game I put I put in I put in a I put down my five dollars for the for the Steam Deck that I won't see for another six months. but at least I reserved my place in line. Yeah. I got the fancy one. The the one with the NVMe drive and the non-reflective screen and all the bullshit. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. So. Um, I feel like my PC play, the amount of games on PC I'll play will go way up when I get that in my hands because I so rarely want to sit at my PC after working a full day to Mm -hmm. play video games. Except for Halo Infinite, hey, how'd you like that as a segue? um was a good segue. Thanks. You know what makes a segue even better when you point out the segue? Halo Infinite uh, (laughs) came out a scant, like less than a week ago, right? When did it come Uh, out? Beginning of this week at the time of this recording. Um, Monday. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, seven days. and Seven and a half days. Oh, right. We're in a new
0: week. I uh, forget time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Halo Infinite.
1: Halo's back, baby. Halo's back. Master Chief is here. Yes. He not yet. <laughs> <'Cause>, instead, it's <laughs> all the Spartan buddies kicking ass
0: on the field. Yeah, you can pretend to be Master Chief if you want to use the platinum anniversary Spartan skin that Whenever I see someone using that one, I shake my head. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you want to be Master Chief, I get it. There right, are so many whatever. more interesting armor sets and skins to this game. Um, Halo Infinite. Uh, it's just a multiplayer right now. Still in beta. Mm-hmm. Feels great. It
1: does. I was real shaky on it so at first.
0: Good. I, was, I was nervous because... You know, I I am a, I am a person that's played a lot of Halo in my time, and you know, I boot up Halo Infinite and I'm like, hmm, this doesn't look like the Halo I'm familiar with. I don't know what's mm-hmm. up with it. Master Chief's saying nutbags. I don't understand. <laughs> um, but I have I have I have warmed up to it, and I. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a good feeling Halo. I'm still in that state of like, oh, I wish it had this or I wish it had that or I wish it maintained this thing from Halo 3 or Halo Reach, but like as time sure. goes on, I have more and more been like, you know, 343 has been working at this a long time. They have like tried really hard to to do right by Halo after they inherited it from Bungie and I know there's Boy, been some they some ups and downs it was a really good i think it was a piece on polygon or somewhere but it was like they acknowledged that they did much better with the single player in four than they did with the multiplayer and then they really knocked the multiplayer out of the park in five than they did with the single player um and now for this one i think they are trying to satisfy both camps and it feels like it sounds like given the impressions people have had with the with the single player they've gotten to play it sounds like people are really satisfied with this kind of breath of the wild halo breath of the halo. Um, I,
1: I feel like I would be.
0: Yeah, it seems cool. I, so they just put out the, uh, this temporary like event they're doing where you can get your samurai Spartan armor or whatever. And the temp game mode they put in is Fiesta, uh, which is game mode. I always like, um, and in, Fiesta not only are you randomized weapons, you're also randomized uh equipment, so you get the grappling hook on levels you normally can't pick up or find in the map itself, and please three four three just make the grappling hook like just make standard, it, yeah, just make it a game mode <laughs> where you just always start with the grappling hook because the grappling hook adds so much you would to to do disgusting
1: game. games, yeah, I'm sure There's, you can do it there
0: oh i'm sure but like the you know being in these kind of like small there's like a midship style map it's not stylized that way but whatever that interior map is that's symmetrical that's like a like a usnc facility yeah um having a grappling hook in that is is so good um and just like you know i've definitely been taken on a ride a bit with i'll be like it'll be captured a flag and i'll be defending my flag and a player will have picked it up and like start running away with it and then they'll like drop it i was like all right they just abandoned the flag whatever and then i see it and then it just zips away out of my line of sight because <laughs> all they did was drop it so they could sprint and then turn around and then just fucking like
1: spider-man web grab it and then pull it to them yes I learned today that you can use the repulsor on like all of the power seeds in that mode, and you can like oh. push them all towards your base. Well, that's great. And some guy was doing that and got them like all of them basically there, with with a uh, with a couple blasts. Um, we just we just uh, found out that you can take
0: the Razorback, the turretless warthog, colloquially referred to as the homie hog. Of course, and you can drive it by yourself to the enemy base during capture the flag and then just take the flag and there's like a equipment like equip slot on the back like a little hitch that you could just plant stuff on and you could just plant the flag on the back of the homie hog and then get in the driver's seat and just drive it back to your base what yeah so you don't even need anyone to help you (laughs) retrieve the
1: flag that's nuts i man yeah, when people say Halo is back, I think the big thing that makes Infinite special is the understanding that previous Halo games were sort of built on their tricks. And uh, like the, the, little, the little things that you would know that would make you slightly better than other players. And I'm not going to say like, you know, that's the entire foundation of Halo multiplayer, but it was the foundation of the various communities that I would play with. Because um, everyone would like figure out uh the fact that like plasma pistols locked on and then you know plasma pistol battle rifle became like a de facto game mode which became SWAT um sort of maybe missing a few steps in there but it's that that was the idea right and then uh uh the, the fact that like infinite contains so many of those so little like tiny nuggets of knowledge that you can pick up over the course of your game and you know I've said it before like learning is fun that is the essence of fun is like always having something new to try always having you know a little snippet of like something that you know kind of light ups your brain with new ideas I can see infinites longevity being pretty substantial uh, I think they Infinite, just need to s- almost almost uh, I think they just need to stick the landing with regards to their customization. Because that's currently the biggest pain point. Um, the fact that things are expensive, which, fine, it's a free game. Things can be a little expensive to a point. Uh, but also, like, even if you buy something, there's no guarantee that you'll get to use it forever. Um, and I'm not saying that as, like, it goes away. But if you want, if you buy this color palette, it only works on certain armors.
0: Right. That's, that's if- the big sticking point for me is that they the way they have uh changed around uh, to me like the high water mark for me for halo multiplayer like let's consider multiplayer as like its own beast in 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 the halo world the high water mark for me is halo 3 and it's the the one i spent the most time with
1: um i really like reach but i didn't were saying like you know we all have these things we miss from our halo games i was like yeah fire grenades (laughs) <laughs> this. oh and yeah the flamethrower oh yeah those yeah. are all right um though they do have <laughs> anyway. those electric shock
0: grenades in this one those are those yeah, are pretty I think good that kind of does the trick and the um, um the ravager creates the ravager. Like a big area of effect yeah um but so the high watermark for me is is three and, and, and it's just in so many different like little minute things but i felt like the customization in three for your spartan was just, like, my favorite. Like, I, I don't like the way the Spartans looked in in Reach. Like, they were a little too gunmetal gray. Like, like, they made them a little too realistic, whereas the ones in 3 look like actual, like, they look like plastic action figures like, and they, yeah, like, action figures that's yeah. what you want and they had like they they had that right amount of like kind of fakeness to the modeling and the textures and also like when they ragdolled they ragdolled that way and they kind of like clicked and bounced in in a way to make them feel like a a action figure that where all the joints have loosened up um and then this one and in that you would be like okay here's my primary color here's my secondary color for my um spartan armor and then like when i'm playing a team-based game it's going to override my primary with like either red or blue because those are the teams or you know there's a bunch of different team colors but red and blue are the big ones um and it's like okay i can pick my helmets shoulder pads stuff like that i have a little emblem that i can customize with a bunch of different things like the emblems in halo have been kind of like a long-standing thing since like two and they have like a bunch of different ones and the classic ones are like the the bee because of i love bees and there's like a I think a Spartan head and like a trident and a bunch of different ones, um, uh, the marathon symbol. Right. For- exactly. Uh, I always did like the one that was like a little like whirlpool or like vortex kind of thing. And you can yeah. s-
1: customize the colors of like both edges of the, of the vortex. Uh, and- me being the big Zelda nerd that I was that just blatant Triforce was <laughs> always my go-to. And in this one, they've pulled out a lot of that stuff where it's like they have emblems,
0: but the emblems all have preset colors. Mm-hmm. Um and you can like and they have like a bunch of different alternate colors you can choose from, but you can't like get down to the nitty gritty of like, all right, I want this part of the emblem to be this color and this part of the emblem to be that color. And yeah. then they also have Spartan colors, but like you said, there are there are what they call armor cores, and you unlock different armor cores and certain uh helmet vari- variants and armor colors. Per core.
1: And yeah, and the color yeah. palettes are not like I want this to be red. I want this to be blue. It's like we've got it all figured out for you.
0: Right. They had
1: like an HCS which I think is
0: like an esports team that they were just giving away for free to people playing on opening weekend and it's like this kind of white it's like it's fucking the American flag colors it's like a white base bright white with like primary red primary blue as like accents but you don't pick where the accents go and they sometimes change per different armor core and so they have like and like right now that the season's battle Pass is like all halo reach themed, so it's like noble team like battle of reach kind of stuff so you like unlock a bunch of different uh like armor color variants for different uh members of noble team so it's like here's noble primary or whatever and it's like the blue from the player character and here's one from like george's character where it's like that kind of like olive green with like navy blue accents or whatever
1: and so it's, it's- a system that seems like it was intended to give you a lot of customization options but has ultimately yielded basically none yeah
0: it, it, uh, it, it, a lot it of just, these guys look the same <laughs> it feels it's it, it's so dumb for me to make a, such a big deal about this but it just feels so restrictive and i understand that they need to monetize the game but i'm not you know there's business reasons for that you know and they had to the design around that you know I, they, they need a big player base and like to have a big player base nowadays you need a free-to-play game so they have to monetize the game in, in other ways and you know having monetizing halo with free-to-play microtransactions probably going to make them way more money than if they were just selling this out of the box for 60 dollars like there's yeah. prob- probably no denying that but i would love something more like I don't know. Like, have a primary color slot and a secondary color slot, and make me—I don't know—pay for the individual colors or something. Yeah, something like that. Like I would that.
1: pay to make a custom palette. Yeah, I would pay for patterns. I would pay for like an emblem that I can design, or, or at least like color. Um, I I would pay for an armor core, or, or I would I would pay for a chest piece, shoulders, arms, legs, helmet, helmet attachments. I I do not want to pay for anything right now because there's a chance like if i want a different color down the line that it like won't work yeah um but at the very least
0: it's very easy to switch between your armor cores because you kind of have like an armor hall and it shows them all lined up so it's like okay i'm going to customize this armor core you know you have like the you have what's this the suit's called like mjolnir right it's like mjolnir mark 7 or whatever and then you have like mjolnir mark 5b which is the halo reach armor and it's like you can customize those individually and then save those changes and then if you just want to switch between one and the others just simply go back into that menu and switch out if you could find the menus because let me tell you these menus are bad <laughs> These menus real bad user experience is poor
1: <laughs> i and you know I, I guess it's like early launch bugginess mostly but like the fact that getting into a group is hit or miss not necessarily like you know whether or not you've made it, but how it appears to everyone else. Like, are you in the group? I don't know. It says I am. Yeah. Am I? It doesn't say you are. Or am I? Like weird shit like that. Uh, just kind of lends to the, to the to the. I guess it definitely being more of a beta than we thought. Yeah. Um. I'm just saying it could use a little more time in the oven. Yeah. Uh, I just and
0: it and, and again, like not trying to be overly nostalgic about previous Halos, but it just feels like these were problems solved like a decade plus ago we had lobbies we knew how that worked (laughs) right and like it was streamlined it was simple like you knew everyone that was it because like right now like they have this kind of fire team concept where it's like you're in your fire team and you'll only ever at any one point see yourself in three other spartans even if the group that you're in has more than that and it's like that that like you're purposely hiding information that like and i can go into a sub menu and see a list of everyone's in the fire team but like why is that not the most pertinent surfaced information
1: even if the fact that you have like i don't know seven people and you go into a big team battle you might get two people in one squad of four two people in a different squad of four and then the other three in in another squad of four yeah um which feels like not perfectly thought out it would um, be more
0: frustrating if those squads that you see on the loading screen mattered at all, which
1: they don't <laughs> in big team yeah, battle. Yeah. Um this is this is us complaining a lot about Halo Infinite because we love Halo and we love the direction this is going. It's so fun. I haven't been able to put it down. Yeah. Um I've already put twenty four hours into it in the past week. <laughs> <laughs> uh and, and how much money, Dylan? Uh sixty dollars. <laughs> there you go. Yep so yeah we're we're enjoying it we're having a grand old time uh just need it to clean up a bit you know yeah and i mean and some of these they don't even need to
0: change right like some of the stuff about the armor stuff like whatever i can i can get over myself and i feel like you know developers get enough crap about this kind of stuff and like whatever subreddits or twitter threads or wherever the hell else you know getting angry emails in their inbox about random shit and it's like oh, yeah it's their game they could do what they want with it um and i'm overall very very happy with what they're doing with halo infinite um it's just the things on the fringes that's like oh i kind of wish it was like this or like that or like whatever um but i mean i feel like it's a combination of like you know three four three once this they, they want halo to be theirs which i can respect they want you know they don't want to just redo what bungie was doing for however long they had halo like they it's like no like we're the halo studio now it's like this is how we're making halo and also like recognizing like okay this thing you remember really liking maybe it just maybe it needs to change because it you liked it but it wasn't great an overall great uh, player experience. Like, the thing with the oddball that we were talking about. Like, the oddball, if you're holding the oddball, it now takes two melee hits to kill someone, which traditionally mm-hmm.
1: in Halo takes one melee hit to kill someone with the oddball. And well, depending on the Halo, that actually isn't as traditional as you might think.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm speaking more to 3 since uh, right. that's that's the one I played the most. I did play plenty of 2. Um, but, like, in 3, which is the one I have most memory of, it took one hit to kill someone with the oddball. And you see people being like, oh, it's like, I can't believe they changed it. like, oh, it's way worse. And seeing a developer being like, actually, through player testing, because, again, this is Halo, and they have Microsoft, and they have their own goddamn, like, player test like office. um, (laughs) They found through player testing that the oddball being one hit kill was really satisfying for the person holding the oddball, and not so much anyone else. And... Being able to make it a two hit kill allows the it's it's a rising tide that lifts all boats instead of just being like one guy like having a lot of fun because he can one hit kill anyone that tries to get at
1: him, right? Um, and It makes like the possibility of comeback a lot easier. It's it's just a yeah. I I found that particular developer insight really good for those reasons. Yeah. So it's again it goes
0: back to the to the very common refrain of whatever complaint you've had you have about a game the developer knows about it intimately because i'm sure they have had who knows how many arguments or discussions or whatever internally about every single little change uh to the game so people should not the the people that act like this like oh i am enlightening the developer with my revelation here (laughs) from my anecdotal experience is i am so smart is never the case and like i'm sure there are plenty of developers of 343 it's like yeah i wish we didn't make these decisions with the the cosmetics or whatever but every decision is a compromise and we had to meet certain business requirements etc etc and you know ultimately why are we complaining
1: about this halo game that is free (laughs) Yeah, cuz it's yeah, free halo. Yeah. You know, I just like I just want to look nice, you know? I just want to look nice and not have to worry about could I be looking better? Well, let me tell you. For 800 <laughs> credits, for 800 Spartan <laughs> bucks, you can get this scarlet
0: red that looks real nice and looks a lot like the scarlet I would use in Halo 3. So I'm pretty happy right
1: now. I I bet you are. It sounds like you're doing great over there with your yeah. with your red, with your nice red my nice red well halo's good though halo's i'm looking good. forward to where it goes from here yeah i am
0: too um alex we are once again going very long
1: um i think and we we just have so much this... to say about video games
0: yeah it's weird <laughs> it's almost like we haven't said much about video games over the course of the year and they're like <laughs> oh, let's do an end of the year thing surely that won't yeah. take long let's <laughs> and what say you, what say we, end on this next game and then take another ep for the final three or, or four or five or whatever? Five, yeah. Does
1: that, does that sound amicable to you or? I think so. Okay. I can do that. I could talk about this next game. All right. What's this next game? Well, you might have heard of it. It's a little something called Outer Wilds. Oh, no. Maybe it, uh, it appeared on a on a list before. Oh no! Thought I escaped this. <laughs> What's that? It's back. Oh well, no! How how could it be back? Oh, it turns out they made an expansion for our our dear old friend Outer Wilds, and right. uh, it's really goddamn good. I, I mean, look, Outer Wilds is really goddamn good, and to the point where, like, I was I was moved. I wouldn't talk about anything else for like a month. Uh, you know, I thought about it constantly. I still listen to the soundtrack. Like, it was, I was skeptical even going into this. I was pretty sure a DLC and expansion wouldn't live up to uh, what I loved already about this game. Um, but no, I'm pretty sure now the game is not complete without the expansion and in a lot of ways the expansion might be even better uh just things that it does things that it creates i i with one sticking point that uh-huh. we'll get to uh huh but let me let me just say that i think it's awesome that they found a way to do this while also uh building it so seamlessly into the world Uh, building it so seamlessly into the lore and and the mechanics the puzzle system because getting to the dlc itself is a puzzle you get a hint which is that there is a new exhibit at the museum and that's it you go to the museum to find that oh this new exhibit is about this new satellite that we have this hubble space telescope thing essentially that's been taking pictures man that's cool where can I find these pictures? Oh, we have like a satellite receiving station on the other side of Timberhearth, the planet. Um, you go there and there's like a couple pictures printed out that have like some some markings on them, uh, and like a recording of someone like, you know, commenting on like some of the pictures that they've gotten. And the last thing in that recording is is this guy going like, Oh, that that can't be right. And so, like, okay, one of these pictures is weird uh we go and look and yeah uh there's one of them where all of the planets are accounted for you can see them all encircling the sun except the sun has a really big shadow over it what the painting sorry the picture has a number on it that i guess is like the degrees of the rotation of the satellite when this was taken So you can now fly out to the satellite and basically wait by it for that number to pop up. And then, yeah, you can see the shadow. And so you do what any good Outer Wilds player is is bound to do. (laughs) You you, fly right into the sun. You fly right into that shadow, baby. (laughs) And, And so here's where, I mean, Outer Wilds, if it knows one thing, it knows how to capitalize on its wow moments. And you fly at the shadow and you get close enough and you pass through, I guess what had to be some kind of cloaking device. And it's, it's an entire like spaceship, right? And this is extremely foreign to you in outer wilds. I, there's nothing else like this, you know, there's other ships, but you know, those creatures are all dead uh, this is a ship and you have no idea what's on it. it. It looks completely different to everything else you've been in. You find a docking bay, you get in it and like the ships on it are like more UFO like uh, in shape and design. They're flying saucer E is what I mean to say, you know, like plates with a dome on them. Right. Uh, and then like, I think this is a pretty cool notion. You get to this airlock area and, and there's a sign in front of it and your character pulls out the translator but of course it doesn't know what this language is this is the first time anyone has discovered this uh, and you learn just through like trial and error like okay what can I do right here with my mechanics that I have available to me this game doesn't add anything mechanically It's it's everything that your character has been able to do is all they're ever able to do and you find through some trial and error that your flashlight is what powers a lot of these things their systems are based on light uh so if you shine your light at these orbs they glow green and things happen namely this airlock opens and you're in a dark like wooden cabin kind of looking room uh i've also i just really like that outer wilds is committed to its aesthetic of like rustic you know despite being out in space uh the Nomai had very, you know, sandstone sculptures and housing and whatnot, and these guys are are built on uh yeah, definitely more like Pacific Northwest cabins kind of. Right. You you um, mentioned you mentioned uh like
0: frontiersman stuff for inscription. I feel like that also applies to this.
1: Yes, uh very much so. Uh yeah, and then you come across across this platform that it kind of funnels you onto and there's a switch and you hit the switch and it's another massive wow moment. You get dropped out of this cabin onto a river. And then as soon as you kind of float a bit past this Canyon, you get a view of this entire interior because the interior is a ring world like halo. Oh, Oh, um, so you were talking about this tweet that you found where someone said, like, you know, they can't play the DLC without getting nauseous. And I could see it because if you could imagine uh, walking around on the Halo, but the Halo's, like, Outer Wild scale, so you can see the entire thing right. from wherever you are. And also uh, there's white water rafting throughout the entirety of the <laughs> of the right. Halo. there's a river running through the whole thing. and And what you get from this point on is basically... experience you're not really going back to any of the other planets Um, if you've beaten the game already like I have and you're just doing this DLC uh, you're flying immediately to the ship which luckily at this point the game has given you a system where you can go into your rumor mode and select a anything so if you've found what's called the stranger um, you can now select the stranger and your ship will like autopilot to it easily Um, that's what I wanted I just needed (laughs)
0: something yeah, like that added
1: that to the game now
0: <laughs> jesus fucking christ
1: uh yeah well because otherwise you would have to fly out to the satellite and wait for it to show up which wouldn't afford you a ton of time to do anything right um and the stranger is a pretty cool microcosm of a lot of other outer wilds mechanics um namely just how like other planets uh change over time and visiting them at certain times changes things you know that that might make exploration to certain things easier or harder depending on how you approach it uh and your knowledge as well you know also affects how well you can explore the damn place uh so for instance there's a big dam that's keeping the river from overflowing and uh at a certain point no matter what uh the dam will break and the river will flood And that provides access to some areas more easily than others. It also does some other things that we will touch on. But you go from there, and you're you're exploring. You're finding out about these new people, these strangers, which look like a combination of like owls and deer antler with deer antlers, but they walk upright with like scaly lizard like appendages. Um, they don't have a spoken language like the uh, nomai do. Um, they seem to have a written one, but they don't really talk. Um, they record image. They have slideshows that you can go through. Uh, that's how you find out most of your information. And they uh, they're they're far more spiritual, but they are in their own way. They have like their own religion that isn't so centered on the eye of the universe, quite like the Nomis was. They uh Yeah, it's it's very strange and, and this game this expansion warns you right off the bat, also, I should say, that uh this gets scarier than than base outer wilds, which is really funny because that's almost like, you know, uh, you know, you've been playing against your buddy in a fighting game for a while, and uh you know it's been really tough and you just like barely squeak out a win and now he's like well i'm gonna start going easy i'm gonna stop going easy on you <laughs> yeah there's some parts out of Outer Wilds it's pretty spooky yeah um they aren't really kidding um there is a point that definitely sets a tone uh more than others but it, here already there is like a, the vibe is off you know like this is a place that was lived in but now is not what has happened to these people and you uncover a couple things like they also worshipped the eye, uh, but then decided not to suddenly for some reason. Um, they uh, all kind of wound up devoting themselves to a project that is uh, something akin to like a, a spirit dance where they go into a, a, a mental world. A dream state where mm-hmm. they can all live on, on their old home yeah similar to the similar to that <laughs> uh also there is a vault with something lowered into a specific portion of the river that at this point you know you've played enough outer wilds you're like okay that's probably my ultimate goal um there's a big thing they don't want me getting into it i gotta go in there <laughs> I, I gotta get it
0: <laughs> you can't stop me i'm nameless timber hearthian
1: yeah um people call you that i i think fans call you the hatchling because ah. that's what other people refer to you as you don't you aren't named but you are like the youngest the hatchimal um yeah i think one of the coolest things that demonstrates how this game only plays with its existing mechanics is you could always sleep by fires right you could pick up objects you could roast mar- marshmallows and you could sleep by fires to pass time you find out through a series of uh, like slideshows that what these people did to access their mind space is that they could pick up an artifact. They would be holding an artifact and they would fall asleep next to a fire and that would transport them. And it's just another wow moment of like, you know, lateral thinking, not quite a puzzle, but basically just putting two and two together, finding one of these artifacts Sitting next to one of their mystical green fires and pressing that button that puts you to sleep. And then when you decide to wake up, you're in their dream world. And you get to explore that. And it's dark. And it's scary. (laughs) And they are also there. And they don't want you there. And so this is where the real spooky part comes in uh these guys are sort of patrolling at certain points during the game and if they catch you uh they do not want you there um it's a gentle scare uh for the most part um if you turn off they actually luckily have an option to turn off like keep things a little less frightening and if you turn that off then they kind of just approach you blow out your lantern if you have it Turned on, then they scream at you, sprint at you, grab you, turn off your lights. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like yeah. that at all. Um, they're they're not fans of of you invading their ancestral space, but uh, through exploring that, you uncover that it's not so much uh, spiritualism as it is a, a, a matrix, like it's technology. Um, They have built this all with computers, and I think the coolest thing is that you're trying to figure out these codes to unlock these locks that open up this vault, and you are directed to go into these spooky zones to find the codes for these locks through a, a series of 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 trials basically run by like their secret society that we're keeping you know whatever's in the vault secret uh they must have the code somewhere every time you reach one of these codes it's been burned they they fahrenheit 451 like all of their important info they don't want anyone finding out instead of what you find out what you uh get to learn are bugs in their matrix mm. um Things like uh, if you pass through a cave, that's a loading zone and the water is not real there. You can just fall through it and clip through the bounds and reach like a level selection area. Wait a second. Hold on a second.
0: Because I remember seeing you play that and we were both convinced it was like an actual bug.
1: No, I well, I was not. Oh, I was I I, maybe the way I worded it uh, said otherwise. That's not actually a, a bug with the game. Uh, that is a, an intended thing for you to discover. Um, and in, in effect, it becomes not only that, but uh, so like that, it, like falling through the water to reach like this level selection is one thing. Uh, there's another one that you learn wherein you can put your lantern down, uh, the one that you had to hold on to to enter the dream world. The one that you're carrying is like your only source of light, your only tool in general, actually, while you're in there. Uh, you could put it down and walk away from it, and at a certain distance, um, the the lantern basically provides like the 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 texturing for everything in this world. And mm. once you're out of it, you just, like see the wireframe essentially, the big blue glowy bits. Interesting. Um, and so, uh, you could use that to like discover hidden platforms that make reaching certain areas a whole lot easier um and the last thing the last bug you discover (laughs) this is very funny um there's alarm bells that if they see you they like won't let you pass they slow you down they keep ringing until they wake you up um back at the fire uh in in the meat space uh and you the last bug you learn is that if you don't fall asleep instead you kill yourself next to the fire with the artifact uh then the alarms don't work right because there's nothing to wake <laughs> they up they can't to. wake you up yeah um huh. so you actually have to use all of these tricks in order to unlock the sarcophag that the not sarcoph- the the vault um I say that because it's sarcophagus shaped and that's what I was calling it beforehand. Um, And once you do, you find one of these guys. It's a very creepy moment, but very effective and very evocative of the whole theme where you have to venture down a a stairway that is frankly way too long and way too dark until you reach a room where there's like an object in one of the corners right and you go to like pick up that object because you're thinking okay this must be like where i get this next bit of information you go to pick it up and instead like a hand reaches from the shadow and grabs it and that's how they reveal what or rather who is in the vault um he is referred to by the community as the prisoner and he is one of them but with like a broken antler and a red cloak to make him stand out and he was imprisoned for essentially not following the orders of like the elders of his community you learn their whole story was that they used to live on a far-off planet or rather a moon from uh that orbited a far-off planet and they received a signal from the eye much like the nomai did except millennia before the Nomai did. Uh they got there. They got to your solar system. They were there to sort of record its uh its signal. Um to to follow it, to worship it, to learn from it. Their technology allowed them to receive, I guess, more accurate predictions than the Nomai would. And the Nomai never really used it for predictions. They just sought it out as like a shaper of things. Um was it also like an energy source? more more of a, a deity okay. um, yeah it, it's I don't think anyone really thinks of it as an energy source but more of just like a, a cosmic all-knowing of something of, of some being. And these guys have something that can essentially read it and and tell the future. They, their technology operates by light and there's something that suggests that like the eyes light shone onto them and interpreted it as data and they understood through their readings that the eye was going to eventually end the universe turn everything to dust uh kill all life all planets everything regardless of of where and who and why um and so that caused them to hate it that's why there's like a church of the eye that's burnt down it's why uh there's a whole lot going on with it and, and they they completely turn on it. And then they even build like a signal blocker that keeps the eye signal from reaching anyone else. They don't want anyone else hearing about this thing. I don't want to hear it washing it. It's like the, it's total denial, right? And someone made a pretty interesting point about how if Outer Wilds is about anything, it's about the stages of grief. And it's like the acceptance that you go through at the end of the game, knowing that this is just how things are now. Um, and and these guys, the the progenitor progenitor race, before everything else, are the first stage, right? They're, they're like, you know, absolute denial. This, this can't be real. We're not living with this. We're going to go live in our fantasy world and, and shut out everything else. What the prisoner did was turn off the signal blocker for like a minute. Oh. That signal is what reached the Nomai and brought them to your solar system. Got it. That signal is what kicks off your story in the base game, right? Yeah. Basically what you're trying to figure out. And and it's all because, you know, the Nomai are there, they left that statue. Um they did all the things that they did that you can read off of and and infer and and build your interpretations. But it's also why they like they heard it once and then were desperately trying to find it again because the signal right. was only available for a short amount of time. Exactly. It was it was from that point on permanently blocked. The signal blocker is still active. You can actually find it now. If you go to the to the last place of the game, you can actually see it floating around the eye, which is cool. Um Yeah. Uh and then they imprisoned him forever for it uh you know um it's just and and it's tragic and it's dark and it's dreary um i I was mentioning earlier when you when the when the dam breaks and the river floods one of the things that happens is the fire that is keeping them all attached to their dream world gets put out in in certain areas um completely severing them from their artificial afterlife basically and i i you kind of feel bad for them because they there's there's footage or like slideshows that depict them building up their entire that building this ship out of all of their natural resources they don't really have a home to return to anymore um there's slideshows that show them like once they realize their mistake in worshiping the eye um they're like looking at old pictures of their old home and weeping openly over like you know how could we have done this how have we fallen so far and i just i'm constantly in awe of this game's ability to build such an engrossing emotional story with so little and i i I mean, it just adds to the specialness in such a big, big way, and I can no longer recommend Outer Wilds without buying the expansion as well. You have to play this too. Holy shit. It just it it fleshes it out in such a good way. It, it doesn't detract from anything, and it just gives you more to explore, more to uncover, more to understand. Um answers questions and and gives you the right questions to ask. <laughs> I wish I could
0: have a similar experience yeah. with this game. Yeah. Um, I mean, you mentioned the realizing that it's not a dream world. it is a artificial reality, and you know how do how do you discover that these are loading zones and the water doesn't work like i I, I saw you when you were streaming. I saw you do that, but like how do you make the inference? from that to like how do you use that to further your understanding to get to the next part of the game
1: right so uh the thing is there never are there never were combinations for the lock right um how it works is you have to use that glitch to your um to uncover the method of getting to um the button basically that breaks the seal um the one of the three seals Mm -hmm. uh so for one of them it's a bridge that is covered in or not covered but like guarded by two of those bells so you know like okay i have to die and that's how i would get across that one uh another one like i said the uh, walking away from your lantern reveals invisible platforms so you Go to you set it down, you walk away, suddenly you can see invisible platforms and you can use this tool to like raise and lower them to create a bridge to get to the other button that breaks the seal. And the last one, um, knowing you know that like falling through a loading zone uh lets you just go to like this level select, takes you to the uh the one level where the vault is stored inside the dream world. And you can Normally, no way to get to this particular area um, except now you can because uh, you can just like walk across the, the level select and get to that particular uh, island with the button that uh, turns off the turns off the lock. But if one of the locks,
0: so do you, do you uh, confront the prisoner in the dream world or in the real world in the dream world? Okay. Goes about this. It's like if you die, they're all
1: long dead. Uh is the thing. Got it. Okay. Yeah. They're like when you it's pretty creepy when you first uncover how to access one of their rooms with the green fire and them all like laying around it. Um, because they're all corpses at this point. They're like skeletons uh like leaned up against the wall basically in pods. Um and you don't ever see the prisoner's body because he's not only encased in like a physical prison But they basically, you know, before they put him in here, they gave him a lantern and set up a green fire, and he, you know, falls asleep, and then he's in a prison inside of the dream world as well. Uh and when you leave, so like, sure, you're dead, but that's okay. You're caught in a time loop. Um, you'll wake back up. What you're getting at is since the ending with the eye building it's a new world off of your understanding, your consciousness and surrounding you with the friends that you've made along the way. Uh, It does change the ending so that he is there. The stranger is there and you can talk to him and you can get him to join the music and be a part of the new world that you build, Hmm. which also changes like the, the ending art that you get. Uh, It shows some new aliens have shown up to keep the other ones company. Uh, and it's also it, it, I I should also say there's there's a great bit where you talk to him about this, and at first he's apprehensive. He's like, "My people, you know, were too scared of the truth, and I fear that it may have been our doing that caused a great, you know, uh, tragedy across many universes, perhaps, um, that that almost created a great tragedy across the universe." uh what do you you know do you want me to be a part of this like i i don't know if i can make that call and you can choose you know whether or not you know like no you've you've done enough thank you uh or yes you know join us make beautiful music make a beautiful planet i guess what i was asking about before is
0: you know with, with the example of like being able to see the wireframes if you walk far and away enough from, oh, the, sorry. from the fire, is like, how do you, is there, does the game ever communicate the information to you or do you just accidentally discover it? Is that the only oh, way to progress? Oh,
1: oh. Yeah, um, sorry, yeah. You, you do have to like beat a, uh, a, a stealth section. At the end of every stealth section, one of the horror bits... Which is, like I said, this is maybe like the one sticking point is that like it's often very scary, uh, cripplingly cripplingly so, and the stealth can be kind of wonky at times, uh, especially like at a certain point when, you know, you, you don't like know where you're going and you can't really use your light because it makes them see you uh, as easily as, you know, not as easily as you can see other things. Um, and uh, so... You have to actually make it to where you're told the codes will be before you reach like a a slide reel that's essentially a bug report. <laughs> Got it.
0: Okay. So, so instead of a code, you're given information to progress to. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. Which is it's is cool the fact that like the codes are all red herrings and instead you have to use your knowledge like the rest of the game asked you to do. <laughs> right. Yeah
0: wished i liked it man
1: yeah i mean yeah, i do too
0: it's it's i feel like i've, I've said my piece on these games it's, it, these aren't games that i want to dislike it's it's for some reason my brain does not work with the way like like everything you're saying sounds fantastic and like i feel like if given enough time i would be like, really down for it, but similar to twelve minutes that I mentioned last time it's that 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 progression of like i okay, I get a single chance of like trying this, and if I fail, I have to start over and then in this d l c, it sounds like it's a little different because you know if you fail, you just start back at the beginning inside the ship, inside the ring world, and then you just go back to sleep and if
1: if you fail, the stealth
0: sections, yes, right, inside so, the dream world, so it's a little more forgiving, and I think. I remember you mentioning that, like, while the game does restart at the end of 22 minutes or whatever the usual loop is, it's, I guess, I guess, I guess it doesn't matter mechanically. But narratively, you said that technically the ship goes out of the your solar system, like you're not affected by the, the supernova that destroys your solar system.
1: So, yeah, you are um actually it's kind of funny that is the thing that ends up destroying the dam uh the ship like shaking when it's deploying its solar sails to get out of there um to avoid the supernova um and so you will avoid that um but the canon is that it's it's not like you dying that triggers the uh the time loop it's like the 22 minutes right um the power of the supernova causes the ash twin project to fire causes your memories to get set back 22 minutes. So it still resets the loop, but yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. But it, again, like that, that kind of repetitiveness of like having to try and fail. It's like, okay, in order to try a successive time, I have to, I'll have died or, you know, in the case of like, the you know the white hole it's like oh i'm spat out on this other side of the solar system and I'm on my ship i'm just in my spacesuit and it's like okay well this this run is basically over because there's no way to me to get back to the point i was at to try again and um it sounds like this dlc has similar stuff to that maybe pared down a little bit though the self sections given their horror elements might
1: <laughs> be equally frustrating uh or difficult to get through yeah and yeah i i definitely turned reduced rights off after a couple tries i was like tired of feeling like a coward which i am here (laughs) and there Uh (laughs) uh-huh
0: um but yeah no glad i'm glad that outer wilds continues to deliver on the hits i just wish i could grok with it
1: at all yeah i feel that um i get it i really do but yeah it's Man. What a game. Well, great. I'm happy.
0: I'm happy. I wonder if they do anything else with it. You think like an Outer Wilds 2 is the thing that
1: would ever exist? I'd buy it in a heartbeat. I like again, I'm still sort of worried that they'd be able to deliver on that premise. Um honest obviously this gives me more hope that they can consistently, but uh we'll see. Yeah, and also this game was like how many years in development it was like 6 or
0: something cuz it was like a fig kick started well excuse me it was a fig crowd funded project at first i believe yeah, something um, like that
1: well now they have the foundation at least right to build off of if they're going to keep doing stuff like this uh i had a friend who was like yeah like they should just keep making these like every year like a different expansion or something oh yeah every year <laughs> one a year i i don't know i i i am not sure how to feel about that i mean this was a two year project so we'll see but yeah i would also be curious to see what else they come up with i'm sure some of these ideas were also
0: pitched when they were first when they were making the core game and some of the stuff might have been like from the cutting room floor okay yeah Um, that makes sense i'm not speaking from any knowledge i just um like two years is a long time relatively but it's shorter than the previous game and part of me feels like it would make sense if some of these new systems they added weren't designed from whole cloth the second the previous game ended. Be like, hey, what about that, like, you know, AR simulation thing? Let's go back and think about that or whatever. Like, how would that how could we incorporate that into the base game? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, that's Outer of Wilds hyphen Echoes of the Eye. And um, so that's the seventh game we talked about today. <laughs> and we still have five more to go. So Holy I guess molly. I guess we'll do another episode. Um, I guess we will. I guess we will. Fortunately, less games next time. So yes, take It'll less time to talk about well well <laughs> I'm not gonna say I quick. Let's not let's not promise. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not, you know, put the cart before the horse. But uh Alex. Thank you again for
1: talking about all the games that excited Anytime. you this year. Yeah, this is, this is what I do for fun. Shout at people about my game opinions. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> if people wanted to be shouted more about your game opinions, where would they find you? They could probably find those uh, on Twitter at G-H-O-D-A-N with an underscore. That's down with an underscore. Or just, like, in public on the streets if you see me. Yeah. Um, feel free <laughs> to be like, Alex, what do you like these days? And I'll, I'll have something to yell at you about. <laughs> cryptocurrency let me tell oh, you god absolutely not that bye uh, bye bye hey guys don't fall for the scam don't do it yeah don't fall for the scam
0: don't play out of wilds <laughs> uh, well if you want to Radiohead. if you <laughs> if you want to find out what i think about video games or outer wilds or anything else cryptocurrency i don't know it's bad uh you can find me on twitter at dylan vento and if you like this podcast and you listen to any of our other podcasts you can find them at word or on twitter at word video games or wherever you find podcasts just search wordcast they'll bring up wordcast and also attract mode colon a wordcast series where we watch video game movies man alex every new bit of information i hear about this mario brothers movie sure does make my spine crawl <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's looking bad. It's, it's one thing to like have a voice that is maybe the opposite of Charles Martinet. It's one thing to like not even try. Is that what I'm hearing? Like he's uh, not even gonna try and do the we, Mario voice? He's just me, gonna do Chris Pratt
0: voice? Let me find the quote. Let me find the quote. Uh, this is from I, the IGN tweet. Mario Movie co-producer Chris Melodondri says Chris Pratt won't be using Mario's usual accent and that his chosen
1: voice is, quote, phenomenal. This is this is why I told everyone not to go see Despicable Me. You know, <laughs> this I just, is the future that y'all chose. Gave that studio too much money, too much pull. Now look at us, Mario walking down the street, listening to Happy by Pharrell. God damn it! Uh, yeah, man, I can't. Uh, which which sing character is going to make a cameo in this, playing whatever pop song that they Yikes. do? That's a that's a that's a pull. Wait, is the Louis C.K. dog going to be in this? Oh. The one from Secret Life of Pets? I don't like this. Did you see this fucking... They're making this
0: DC Pets superhero movie. Did you see this Jesus shit? Jesus
1: Christ. No,
0: I didn't. Do I have to? It's got like Crypto and then Ace the Bat Hound. And then there's like a pig that I guess is... I, I don't know. I, is it uh, Adam Smashers or Adam the Adams pet? It's like a pig that can grow in size for some reason.
1: I don't care for this or who's the
0: the Wonder Woman villain is it Giganta oh I don't know uh, what does she have uh, she, can she can grow she can well, no she can...
1: like what pet I don't
0: know no I'm saying like okay. maybe the pig is 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 that is, oh, is her oh, pet. Oh, okay okay it's got to be right. uh, it's got to be a pet of someone who can grow in size which is I uh, it's maybe it's Apache Chiefs pig. Oh
1: my God <laughs> <laughs> Good lord, dude! uh yeah, You really gotta watch Harvey Birdman. He's like the second or third episode. It's amazing, great, 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 great.
0: Um, but yeah, that's us. Check out our podcasts and other such uh, uh fineries at wordhyphengames.com
1: dot com or wherever you find podcasts.
0: Yeah. All right, bye, Alex. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>